control Shoveling dirt in every hole Predators to condemn your soul Watching you and watching me We're all connected but separated Misunderstood and so frustrated A million armies of one have invaded Watching you and watching me
The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. Are you experienced? From high atop the mountains of British Columbia to you, listening around the world, this is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. Playing with those Bigfoot and aliens again. You can follow us on our website, spacedoutradio.com, on iTunes and tune in. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Word is. Alright, alright, alright. Hey mom, put down that up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Five, four, three, two, one. Captain, prepare for and welcome to Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. It's good to have you along for the ride wherever you are on this planet we like to call Earth. We are live right here at Uncle Jimbo's cabin, right here in the frozen Great White North on this Monday night, early Tuesday morning if you're on the East Coast. Let's welcome in everyone listening in on SpacedOutRadio.com, on Spreaker, on the United Public Radio Network, Renegade Talk Radio, our newest affiliate, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and on Revolution 
Nation Radio. We do this thing week in and week out as we rock in and out of every show. Thanks to our resident guitar god, Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy, Bumblefoot is the official sound of SOR. Hey, you could check us out on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, I can be followed at Dave Scott, SOR. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Find us on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And, of course, our website is spacedoutradio.com. If you want to take part in this show, well, you'll have to sign in to one of our chat rooms, either on Revolution Radio, on Spreaker, on the United Public Radio Network chat room, and on Facebook at the SOR Space Travelers Club. Or if you're on Twitter, just go to hashtag Spaced Out Radio and I will get to your questions and comments in there as well. If you haven't gone to our website and signed up for the SOR Space Travelers Club yet, it's five bucks a month. And with that, your name gets entered in a monthly prize draws, access to private group interviews, access to a special section on our website, and much more. Hey, we're going to give you a hell of a lot more than just access to our archives. While on our website, check out my latest blog, read up on Eric Mark. Welcome SOR Spacewire for your latest and weird news. And if you've had an experience you can't explain, head to our website, fill out an SOR Sightlines report. Our researcher, Mike Schmidt, is ready to find out what's going on. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on our newest affiliate, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. We are live in Sin City, my favorite city in the world. We also want to thank everyone listening in on the new affiliate, United Public Radio Networks on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. And remember, if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, it is the largest nonprofit online station going today. Do us a favor. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. It's our first show of 2017, and what a great holiday we've had, and we can't wait to do it again in exactly 364 days from now. There's something about New Year's that's special. This year, though, it was kind of quiet. Me and the missus took it easy. Literally a couple minutes after midnight, she went to bed, and you know what? I got to work. We have a show to build here and enhance and really there is no rest for the wicked the weary or those trying to gain success and sor definitely is growing by leaps and bounds as we've added a new network to the folder as of today tomorrow night we'll start broadcasting live on renegade talk radio live out of las vegas so we are very excited about that as well tonight though we have some alien contact to chat about a number of months ago, we had a gentleman on named C.J. Friesman. When C.J. was contacted by those from the stars, he started receiving information and downloads that he's been trying to put together. It's like pieces to a puzzle that very few can even comprehend. Well, tonight, the man who was with C.J. when it all began, James West, is here to fill us in on what it's like to have contact from aliens. The visions, the downloads the extraterrestrial contact that no one really expects. It's hard for most of us to even fathom because we just don't understand what it's like to be tapped on the shoulder by these aliens when they say, hey, time to come with me. So let's find out what it's all about together, shall we? James West, welcome to Space Out Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. And let me just say, that is the most bad-to-the-bone intro I've ever heard. I... I appreciate that intro. It was over the top, to say the least. Uh, well, you know, I uh, took a couple of minutes just to write something up real quick. You know, I got the magic fingers on the keyboard. Can't do much else with them, but that's okay. How you doing? 
I'm doing great. And oh, and I was referring to your uh, your song there uh, by Bumblefoot. Oh yes, is yeah. bad to the bone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's pretty good too, man. That's pretty good. Absolutely, we uh, we love our Bumblefoot around here, and to have the resident guitar god, you know, cheering us on, and we're cheering him on, and it's it's a good good feeling man when you could rock in and out with somebody of his stature in the music industry that is for sure i know i just wanted to rock it out playing air guitar during the intro there yeah i i I must admit i got two guitars right behind me and i was rocking out i rock it out i just you know he he knows a few more chords than i do so well, yeah. Well, let's just leave my guitar playing out of it because I'm about to get embarrassed that I have I own more guitars than I actually know chords on a guitar. So that that's just wrong, just wrong. So, anyways, my friend, enough about the rocking and rolling. Let's get to some alien talk tonight. And I'm glad you came on. We've been chatting here for a little while about the whole alien situation and and how you're involved with it. The one thing I like about you. And the reason why I wanted to get you on is you're a real person, James. You're like me, people in our listenership, people who are in our chat rooms, people who are at home or driving in their car listening right now. You're just an everyday guy like myself. I'm sure growing up as a kid, you didn't expect anything like this to happen, as most experiencers never think it'll happen to them. So let's learn a little bit about you. How right, did you yeah. get into this? Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right on that. I did not expect the level that this had went to at all. And in fact, I was scared to death of uh, the even the, the premise of ETs when I was a kid. Like, what? Like, <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Not at all. Um, even even like uh, the concept of uh, them being out there in the galaxy. That was. That was just way over the top. E- even with my uh, favorite, you know, every every one of us have our our shows that we like. Like Star Wars was mine. That was just what. And yeah, um, so how it ended up starting for me, uh, it really started in uh, the early like uh, 2010 ish is where it's like boom. That's when things started kicking off. But there was also the the precursors that happened to that. And it started happening when I was a kid. And I would start to wake up in the middle of the night, paralyzed, looking straight up at the ceiling. I couldn't do anything. I was just dead set, couldn't move, try to scream because, man, that, like, that's something that ran, ran in our family being a fear of co- like claustrophobia and not being able to move. That's like been a big fear of mine for a long time. And that happened a lot. Like, I would wake up, scream, nothing would come out. And boom, I don't remember anything after that. It was just always every time I knew something was up, oh, like I, I would be paralyzed, completely paralyzed until one time, one time where I woke up and it was almost like I caught them off off guard because I don't think they were expecting it because I was paralyzed. I woke up and instead of just seeing the ceiling, I could move my eyes side to side and look around. And I saw what could only be described as gray beings, but they weren't gray. They were they were like a tannish color. They weren't, you know, they weren't like the typical like dolphin type of skin is what it looked like. 
and they had facial hair. They had uh, facial hair on their face and stubble on their face. Now, I remember that specifically. Like, it, it set it apart. And I knew that they knew that I saw them. <laughs> and boom, instantly. Blank. And so I didn't have much more after that. It was almost like, oh, crap, he wasn't supposed to see us. And so it went on and went on, and I kept having the, the, the paralyzed thing happening. And just so you know, whenever you, wherever you are, whenever you, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are is what I'm trying to say. They can get to you if they need to. Because I was actually on a trip into your part of uh, the territory there, Dave, um, where I went from all the way from North Carolina, United States to Alaska, and I had to cut through Canada. And it took us a week, a week to cut across. And I woke up in the back of a car. <laughs> I mean, I was already in the car and I was in the back of the car laying down as a kid, you know, not wearing safety belts or being safe or anything like that. And I woke up straight up, paralyzed, boom. And they took me right there, right then and there out of the car and put me back in the back of the car. So, like, they can come whenever and however they need to. So that kept going on when I was a kid, like getting glimpses and and small things like that. So when I started getting to my teens, I kind of pushed that aside and tried to bottle that up. And like, that was just crazy kid stuff. I, that wasn't real. That was my imagination. And, and that proceeded on until I was in high school, I think, is when it started to kick off some more. Not to that full extent. But when it started kicking off some more, so I got interested in UFOs all of a sudden, interested in the topic, because I had actually heard some people bring it up here and there. I heard my family members talk about, yeah, we saw this UFO. And I was like, what? Like people, you know, the people you trust and you believe talking about these crazy things that they've seen, because East Texas is a hot spot. You don't hear about it. You do not hear about it, because I, I think the reason behind that is... It's an area of people where it's religiously bound, I would say. So it's not within, you know, the the normal chat with everybody. It's only between family members or really close people they they would talk to. And it's the same way about Bigfoot too because everybody I know in East, East Texas, this is probably more well known than the, uh, the UFO sightings in East Texas where I grew was born and raised at least for the most part. I have I have been all over the country growing up because I was in a military family as well. But uh, East Texas is that's my that's my home right there, <laughs> the piney woods. And so yeah, you hear about swamp apes and and this and that and ETs and seeing things in the woods and and it's it's just on a person to person basis. And when I started hearing my stepmother talk about it, I was like, okay, <laughs> like this is scary, like someone that's religious and they're still t- they're talking about that and it's like oh and so so I'm having to comprehend that at a young age and so I was looking into it looking up different things about reptilians ETs and trying to figure it out but then it kind of died out after I hit a a plateau is what I like to call it and it's I think a lot of people might hit that where they feel like wow all this extravagant information that's just boundless 
that you can find is stories here and there. And a lot of it, do, like some of it makes sense, but then some of it not so much. And it doesn't all quite click together unless you're a part of it. So it's, it just kind of filtered off. And I hadn't seen a UFO at, at that point that really stuck with me. I had seen some UFOs prior to that. But again, my mind always put reason on it. Like one time I was at a, uh, a Piggly Wiggly before they, they went out of business way back when. And there was three orbs, three white orbs that were hovering above the shop. I was sitting in the car with my mom and uh, I think my stepdad was in the shop uh, getting stuff. And I had seen that just sitting there. Uh, we were sitting there and watching it, and we were like, oh, that must be flares, because they're, uh, sometimes we'd see military drills around there. And it kept sitting there, kept sitting there, kept sitting there. Then all of a sudden, they took off. <laughs> well, flares don't take off. <laughs> so that, that put it into that. But again, that was put back in the back of my head, because I was young, and I was still put bottling things up. And a lot of people do that. It's you, you like re you, you you squeeze everything up tight, push it up inside because it just is not in that norm. And then I uh, reached that point again, like I said, and the people were mentioning it. And <clears throat> when it first started really kicking off, like I said, in 2010, this is when I started seeing them on a daily basis, <laughs> almost a daily basis. And it first started out at a lake called Lake O the Pines in East Texas. And we would go there every summer. Every summer we would camp, go fishing and go boating, swimming and have a good time. And it was this one night and I think it was around, was it about 11 11 o'clock, because that's when the best catfishing is. If you've ever went catfishing uh, in that area, you catch a lot of fish uh, when the moon starts to come up. And I noticed something out of the corner of my eye to the right that I hadn't seen ever before, ever. And, and again, this is somewhere we went camping almost every single year without exception, unless it was like some crazy event that happened. But I noticed something that I'd never seen there. I noticed something started coming up. And it was about a mile, I would say, across on the other side of the lake. Excuse me. <laughs> on the other side of the lake. And it was coming up. And it was an amber-colored orb. And I was like, hmm, what is that? I thought maybe it was a Chinese lantern or maybe it was a plane or something like that. And I didn't think about it. And so I just ignored it. So about 10 minutes later, I look, and it's about twice as high in the sky, and it's sitting there glimmering. Then all of a sudden, from the east, another orb comes drifting in, and it's at the same elevation as that orb, and it comes drifting in and gets parallel with that orb in the same location. And on this lake, there's an there's actually a small island within the lake, and that's about the area that it was. It was on the other side of the lake. There's an island that's just... It's close to the uh, the other bank, but just, just far enough away where it's considered an island, more like a plateau with a sand bank in between. And they were hovering there. I was like, okay, Dad, what's that? What's that over there? And he's like, oh, that's, that's just a plane. I'm like, nope. It's It's been there. It's been there for a while, and this one just came out of nowhere. 
So he just said, it's a plane. Just don't worry about it. So I just kept glancing over there, glancing over there, trying to fish. And then another one comes. And this one comes from the west. And it comes drifting in the, just the same way as the one did on the from the east. And then, boom, now we have three there. You know, usually three for whatever reason. And three are right there, all hovering in the same location. And I'm like, all right, Dad, you just saw that, right? And he's like, yeah, I just saw that. That's so weird. I don't know what that is. And then he just kept fishing like nothing happened. I was like, like for me, it's like uh, something unsettling inside because I, I, did, I didn't want to accept it at that point. <laughs> but then, boom, they vanished. They just blinked out. And I actually have filmed this happening more recently, just the way it happened, like I mentioned it there. And that's on my uh, YouTube channel, East Texas UFOs. And it's called East Texas UFOs Lake of the Pines. Uh, I think, yeah, something like that, Lake of the Pines. I'm sure it's pretty sure it's the only one uh, out there. And it happened again. <laughs> like, it, we came back the next summer. It happened again. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to accept this. This is too freaky to, to accept. And it happened just the same way. And it was in the same exact spot. And one came from the right, one came from the left, and boom. And I actually, I ignored it the second time. But we went camping another time that, that same summer. And again, this is, I think, in 2010. And, and by the way, if you don't know, I'm a pretty young guy. I'm about 26 years old, if you, if you want to know that. So another one came in from the right and the left, just like it did the, uh, the, the first time and the second time. And again, this was just a few weeks down the road, still in the same summer in 2010. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> so just like it happened those times and, and that time, I, I think it happened a little bit over to the left, but I mean, that's none, the not important, but I was like, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and I remember that last time when I saw that last time I had tears coming down out of my eyes. Like I'm sitting here trying to fish with my dad and everything. I'm like sitting there like tearing up because I'm like, wow, this is real, isn't it? This is real. And I kept fighting that off because I have, I have this, uh, this nature where I have to, I have to prove it. Like, I don't like to mention things that I can't sit there and prove like, this is fine now because I actually have videos of it. And I can sit there and show you and like, yeah, here, here you go. Here, here, here. You don't believe me? Yeah, yeah, here's a picture. Here's a video of it. And I videoed these things multiple times. So that's, that's always great to back up what you say with uh, evidence of some sort. But anyway, that, that kick started me off there. That's like, boom. I'm like, all right, if this thing is at least somehow real, I'm going to prove it. <laughs> I'm going to prove it to the world. I'm going to figure this thing out. And I don't know if any of you guys have had that same that same kind of motivation when you've seen kind of like your your eye opening event there, but that's how it was for me. I was like, no, I'm not going to be a crazy kook. <laughs> I'm going to back it up. You know what? I know exactly what you were talking about because even though I'm, geez, I hate to say this, almost uh, 20 years older than you, when my experiences started taking off in 
2011, late 2011, heading into 2012. And then with all the UFOs that I was seeing in 2013, it was the same thing. Because you really do question your sanity. You really do question whether or not people will call you insane or crazy or bipolar or some other ignorant word, which you're not. And it's really hard to find those people to talk to, isn't it? Because you want to vent, you need to vent, but it's who you vent to that is all-encompassing and all-important, isn't it? It is, and and I don't think I put enough emphasis on it. My dad was like an iron shield when these things were going down. It's like, uh, oh yeah, that's just that's just something there. It was like it didn't even penetrate his mental barrier. I don't I don't understand what happened there, but I don't know if it was a religion block or if it was just a I can't I can't accept this. This is no, uh, or if it's just set in your own ways or or I don't know what it was exactly, but it didn't affect him at all. <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> so it was it was a big event for me but I, I i didn't understand why he wasn't like i'm sitting here like tearing up and he's just like yeah uh i think you're getting a bite on your line there <laughs> and uh and so yeah i know i know what it's like to um like feel crazy because i was like this is serious business this means that this there's something out there in the universe or there's something here or our government has some kind of crazy technology that we don't know about. So it was like either way I looked at it, it's I couldn't explain it. So like I said, I went I went on a, a big tangent where I was like whipping out the Google Earth, doing math, and I hated math, but I was still doing math and trying to work out logistics and like, well, if this, could this have been a plane if it was heading this way at this direction in a holding pattern that got put off two, <laughs> 200 miles off course? Or <laughs> it happened the same time, three times in the same spot with three. Like, there was no way I could get out, I could get out of it. I was like, <laughs> it was done in such a fashion that no matter how hard I tried to disprove what I was seeing, I couldn't disprove it. And it was a bit of a beautiful situation because it forced me to wake up because of what had happened. I don't think it got pushed too far. It was, it was subtle. Like it happened several times and it like, it wasn't too harsh, but it woke me up. Yeah. And then after, (laughs) after I figured it out, I'm like, what else is going on? What else didn't I know about? Come on now. (laughs) Welcome to the real world. All of a sudden, (laughs) And I started looking into everything. I lo- re-looked every, re-looked into everything. And I actually found other people that were seeing the same exact thing that I was worldwide. And then I kept, I used some of their advice into finding u- more UFOs. And I kept finding more and more and more. And I got other people interested in this as well. In fact, 20, I converted 20 people over the course of a few years in creating uh, East Texas UFOs. And I got my cousin into it. I got my best friend into it. I got several co-workers into it. And I got uh, old high school friends into it and other people into it that I met online in the area. And turns out there's a lot of people that believe in UFOs and ETs all around me that I didn't know existed before this. It's, it's a taboo. 
and nobody can talk about it. Only places like this, these little safe havens that we're allowed to actually talk about real experiences that are actually happening. And I was like, whoa, is <laughs> even that aspect of it in itself is like, wow, I just uncovered a secret universe. <laughs> and so I started seeing more UFOs. And I noticed something very strange that they would do. They would cloak as other planes. They cloak as a helicopter. And not just seeing them up there and it's like, oh, that's weird lights or something, or or it doesn't look just right. No, 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 no. It wasn't it wasn't that. It was oh, what is this jet doing in the woods? <laughs> or oh, why is this helicopter landing in the middle of nowhere and then turning into balls of orbs and then flying away? <laughs> it was like crazy things like that. So I had to get more proof of this. So I actually ended up capturing a couple of videos that will blow your mind if you know the context to it. There's a video that I had captured and it was called UFO Morphs into Plane Best Footage Ever, I think is what it's called. And I'm sitting here across, like, okay, at first I had seen something out my window. And I saw some flickering of light, so instantly I'm like, boom, gotta gotta go see what that is. So I, I have my tripod and my camera and everything always ready to go. And and my night vision uh, that I had bought at that point in time. So I just snatched it all up, ran out the door, threw it in the back of the truck, and drove over to where I saw the lights flickering. Because out my door I could actually see for about a mile. Because it's, it's slightly elevated and compared to other places. Not like a big hill or anything, but elevated enough where I could see. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the old Pepsi Cola will do that to you all the time. <laughs> actually, I'm actually just drinking orange juice. This is weird. Oh, you're going to get heartburn then. Oh, orange juice gives me the heartburn. Ah. But anyway, I, I jumped in my truck, and I've actually filmed myself driving like a madman around town. I'm like, totally reckless. Don't ever do it. I'm not advising. Don't try this at home, kids. Be advised. Have a have a safety uh, sky watcher. Have someone drive with you. But I jumped in the truck, driving down the road, pulled over into this side area where I knew that they would go to because I've seen them there before. And this thing comes flying over the top of the. It, well, it's not. It wasn't flying. It was coming at a moderately slow speed, but it came like appearing over the of the top of this house. Like it was so low that it was lower than the tops of the trees and looks like it could have set on top of someone's house. It was a neighborhood. It wasn't like I was in the middle of the boondocks or anything. So it was right smack dab in the middle of a neighborhood. And I'm filming this. I'm like, whoa, guys, do you see this coming right at me? And you could hear it in the video. And I'm getting like super intense and freaking out because it's coming straight at me over the top of this uh, uh, trees and houses. And it's like blinking back and forth. It's like two pulsating uh, lights. And it looked like a rail... If you've ever seen one of those railroad lights before the before the uh, train comes and, and it, the little thing comes down. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. Like slowly... Voo, 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 like the lights uh, flashing like that. And as it's coming straight towards me, and you can see it on the camera, it starts turning on other lights. Pink, 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 pink. And it starts, uh, it's something you can't really see well in the video, but I could see. And I even say, oh, it looks like a Pop-Tart. It started go- getting flat. 
and started morphing into this like flat object and it's pink pink and lights start coming on on the bottom of it tink 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 and it flies almost directly not quite it turns a sharp left corner right before it goes over the top of me and i'm sitting there looking straight up uh on the tripod and filming it and i'm like guys it's turning into a plane <laughs> And it literally turned, like, lights came on. Tink saw the uh, a wing extend, uh, extent to the, extend to the left and to the right. A light came on there. light came on there. And it flew away. <laughs> it just flew away. And it didn't have sound on the video either. You don't hear a plane or anything like that. So that happened. So now I'm like, wow, what, what do I believe? What's real and what's not? So I started getting this radar. Um, I bought this radar app. It's called Flight Radar Twenty Four Live Air Traffic. So I, <laughs> so like if I won't mistake just you know just everyday planes and stuff as uh you know as as whatever that was, and that usually wasn't a problem because these weird ones weren't usually flying at thirty five thousand feet. And you could usually tell when it was weird because it was at treetop level. It's like, what is a plane doing? Just skimming treetops and neighborhoods and flying between uh, uh, power lines and whatnot. I think that's a little bit reckless at night. And it's pretty quiet. Uh, is the military flying super secret uh, planes around all these neighborhoods? What's going on? And that's what kept going on. And I got a lot of people interested because this is it's like... Like, yeah, did you know uh, a UFO flew over your house, man, last night? And it's like, what? Are you joking? You smoke You smoked something last night? No. Nope. I have a video here. You want to see it? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And you're like, what on earth is that? And that's what I was doing to some of my friends. So then I would get them to go out the next night or the next couple of nights. And they're like, whoa, my mind is blown. Like I said, I, I converted like 20 or so people. Because of this weird experiences that were happening. I, so I was trying to put two and two together and trying to figure things out. Talking with other people that were filming the same thing. Somebody I'll give a shout out to is Allison Cruz from Pennsylvania. Murray's, Murrayville, Murraysville, Pennsylvania. And she was filming stuff even better than I was. Because she had a, a really... I don't know what the magnification on it, but a telephoto lens to put on her camera where she could zoom right up on these things like zoom like right there. Like you're right next to it. And she has some great videos. If you want to look her up on uh, YouTube, it's seeing UFOs PA and uh, yeah, some of the best strange videos. And there's something that's called the double eyeball. We put a name on it where it's two orbs side by side. And from that point, it can turn into whatever it wants to. But that's just to like put on an illusion. So just the average passerby that just sees a, like they could just turn on one blinking light or something simple as that. And nobody would pay it any mind. And I didn't before I had, I had seen them do some crazy things as well. So it could just turn on a blinking light, fly right over a street, right over the top of people, and no one would second guess it. But it's when you catch them in certain locations is when you catch them doing the crazy stuff and flying down into woods and, and getting all crazy. And, and it's a very strange phenomenon, uh, phenomenon, and it's happening worldwide, or at least it was during 2011 to 2015. 
2014 in mass numbers, like every single night had to be hundreds of thousands of sightings in between that. Just so many, not many people actually know about it because you usually only hear about the, the triangles, the saucers and stuff like that. But this, it's a, it was a phenomenon that was happening. It's like, whoa, so many. And by the way, I've, I filmed triangles. I filmed saucers as well during this period, uh, mostly in uh, 2013. But this was happening. This a large scale. It wasn't just a small flap. It was a worldwide flap. And I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, Dave. <laughs> Did you ask me a question or was I trying well, to lead? No, no, you're, you're doing fine. But, I mean, I think you just have so much information packed into your head with so many different experiences that at some point it gets a little mixed up. And that's normal. And I'll be honest with you, other experiencers that we have had on the show are pretty much the same way because you're not used to conducting the interview about this. You're not used to telling the story in a public forum. And for a lot of people, that is a very, very difficult thing to do because there is the criticism that goes along with it. There is the the sounds of of people saying, yeah, that sounds real. No, that doesn't sound real. What is going on here? So just... You know, we'll bring it all together here. You're doing great. And one of the things I do want to ask you, though, in regards to the contact, and these questions uh, uh, come from KJ, have you ever come face-to-face with an extraterrestrial? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've come face-to-face with them in my bedroom. I've come face-to-face with them in my friend's, my best friend at the time's bedroom. I've come face-to-face with them in the woods, I've come face to face with them at my job, uh, in the middle. Yes, at my job, in the uh, in the daytime, or no, I actually I was working a night shift. So to me, it was the daytime, but for everyone else, it's nighttime. Uh, so yeah, I've seen them face to face for sure. Now, what kind of beings are we talking about here? Because when people think of aliens, they automatically go to the greys. Well, I've seen the greys. Like like I mentioned earlier, back at that, this is the only time I've seen greys, like, just straight out, you know, in their, in their natural form, per se, uh, was back when I was a kid. And I think I was about eight or nine at that time. And I had woken up, looked up, and this, this is when I kept having the sleep paralysis type thing was going on. And apparently, looking back at back at it after having some later experiences, it wasn't sleep paralysis. It was grays that were abducting me and most likely the rest of my family as well and many many other people apparently um but yeah i had seen the grays at that time and those weren't like gray gray in color like you expect them they had a a darker or not a darker but a browner skin skin color and they actually had facial hair which is so strange because until uh, a few years ago i had never seen anybody else really depict them as that and I saw a picture just randomly on the internet one time, and it has this. I, it's actually, um, it's probably a famous picture at this point in time, but it has the gray kind of looking. Um, it had emotion to its face, and it has a beard, a full-on beard. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's it. The ones that I saw had facial hair, 
I don't know if it was some kind of a hybrid at that time because I, I really don't have much information about what was happening way back then. But yeah, they had facial hair and they had darker brownish skin. Not the typical gray, gray skin, but the rest of the, the gray look more like the typical gray. Almost like, um, what's that movie? Uh, or it's not a movie. It was a bunch of series made by Spielberg. And they had the, the grays in that. It, it was almost like that. They had more of like a fish type mouth. Uh, but that's what they looked like back then. The ones that I had seen as a kid. <laughs> But yeah, um, I haven't actually seen but an outline of a gray because I had one pop up in the window and that happened in 2013 with my best friend and his room. So yeah, um, was there any other questions? Or yeah, is... we're going to get the audience involved now. Mario is okay. asking, James, could you describe the aliens and the face-to-face -face contact, what you dealt with, what they look like? You mentioned the ones that had facial hair. Have you ever dealt with any reptilians, humanoids? And if so, could you explain mm -hmm. what they are like? I have, I have dealt with reptilians. Uh, yes, <laughs> I have dealt with reptilians. And it was actually a really awesome experience. A counterpart to most people's experience, it was actually... Like, the stuff when I was dealing with the greys was usually pretty bad. Uh, not to say that the greys are bad. In fact, through uh, some of the information that I learned from, from spiritual beings and other beings like this, and talking to CJ and his experiences and other experiences, some of the greys can be some of the most awesome people. But yeah, with reptilians, yes. I've seen reptilians. And the first time I saw a reptilian was in, in um, work. And that was back in 2013. So what? I'll go ahead and just. It's all right if yeah, I can just jump tell, into the story. Tell us that story. Okay. So in 2013, this was during that that flap, and this was actually the first time I, I saw a an ET be uh, since being a kid that I can remember face to face, and. So I was working at this shop. It was an uh, it was a grocery store. Uh, I'm pretty young, so uh, was going to college and all this good stuff. Had all these extra jobs, and yeah, it, me and my best friend at that time were working at that store uh, overnight shop, uh, stocking the shelves. So we were stocking the shelves. It was about twelve o'clock, and another friend, not the best friend at that time, he was actually somewhere else in the store at that time. So we were stocking the shelves and then out of the, we were actually towards the front of the store and in through the door came this tall gentleman. He was about six foot five, roughly. And he came walking, not to anybody else, not anywhere else in the store. We were over off to the side. So it was kind of weird that he walked straight towards us, walked straight up towards me and this other guy standing right next to me. And he looks down at me and he asks, how many megabytes are in a gigabyte? And as soon as he said that, and I made direct eye contact with this guy, his eyes changed into what you would, what you would assume is a reptilian looking eye. It wasn't like straight up slit. It was more like a diamond esque, uh, more like, I don't know what, like an iguana's eyes or something weird like that. But it, it, it was enough to, and it, and it wasn't contacts or, or, or lighting or anything. It was this man's eyes change right before my eyes and I answered him I'm like uh, like, like a thousand megabytes <laughs> and he's like 
thank you. And smiles at me with this ominous smile. And then he turns around and walked right back out of the store. And I was like, stunned. I sat there for a second, turned over to my friend. I'm like, did you see that? He's like, see what? Did you see this fucker's eyes? He's like, no, I was, I was too busy paying attention to how tall this guy was looking. How tall this guy was. And what, what, when I took that and what I later came to find out is that was like, we're here and we know you're watching us. It was because at that time I was filming and putting videos of uh, UFOs on the internet. They were going, they going fairly viral at the time, at least what I consider viral. Uh, and yeah, it was like, Hey, we're here. We're watching you. And yeah, so me and that friend had seen that guy. And while he was walking up to us before I had actually seen that, that guy, my friend said, man, he looks like an alien. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it was a, an alien uh, in some kind of uh, suit. In fact, this is what it was described to me as. They have a suit that can cover the, cover their body and make you make them indistinguishable from anyone else. I mean, unless they do something crazy like that or or something of that nature, you're not going to be able to distinguish them from anybody. Like sort of like uh what what is it say Bob Dean said that uh he knew ETs that could sit down between you and me and you wouldn't be able to tell them any different from anyone else other than him being oversized, he's a 6 foot 5 kind of strange and tall and wonky looking guy. And he came in and changed his eyes for me. And to this day, I, I do not, like, if, if someone has seen it since then, some kind of, like, eye contact where you can, your eyes can change into a lizard's and change back or something like that. But I saw it, like, the pupils, like, you could see it, like, I could see his eyes dilate and change into what looked like a reptilian's eyes. So, yeah, that, that was the first part there. But... Uh, you got any more questions? Absolutely. So when you're okay. having these experiences, and I understand where you're speaking with excitement with it, because I know with my own personal experiences, and I have come in contact personally with five different extraterrestrials, all at different times, but five nonetheless. And a lot of people don't understand how you can talk so casually about it. A lot of people will say, well, you know, what's this guy smoking? What's he drinking? What kind of medications is he off of right now? You know what right. I'm saying? How were you able to speak so level-headed about this? Because for a lot of people who've never had that experience, they would be freaking out. I understand because I know what it's like personally. But for you to talk so level-headed about it, how did, how did you get to that point where you're just like, okay, this is the experiences I've had. I've got to put these together. I've got to calm down about it and figure out what is going on. Well, first off, yeah, it was, it was definitely a little bit freaky. And this, that's not the, the, the part where I was actually freaked out the most. That was actually like, it took a second, but like, to actually kick in that hit that had just happened with that particular event. But the way I stay so level headed with it was when I actually got to know these guys a little bit better and like through a process and is that's their, their humor. That's their, like they have their personality. They're, they're just, some of them are just like you or me. 
Like they, they just are natural, especially the reptilians. And I think that has to do with uh, their connection to us and who we are and what their purpose is and why, why they're here. And it's not just for reptilians, but uh, I've actually seen some of the work by, uh, uh, yeah, ICAR, which is uh, an affiliate of yours, I believe. Joe Montaldo? Yeah, Joe Montaldo. He's got a and, good hair and mustache combination. Yeah, charming guy. Yeah, for sure. And I, he just got on TV. I saw him the other day. That was awesome. I was like, whoa, is this Joe Montaldo on TV? It's like, what do they got that crazy guy on there for? And... Yeah, uh, some of his work uh, with like reptilian experiences and other experiences and putting together all these uh, experiences and talking about the history is like putting together a bit of history. So the reptilians are of this planet, the repti- or at least the ones that uh, I was dealing with. There's numerous, numerous species out there in the universe and dealing with us. Um, but the reptilians were evolved from raptors back in what you would call the Jurassic period. They called it something else. And that was, what, uh, 65 million years ago or so. And they actually, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it logically, we've been around and we evolved in what, uh, Essentially, less than two hundred thousand years. The the humans, uh, according to mainstream science, and to, you're, you're telling me within millions of years, another intelligent civilization has never evolved on Earth. I, there's even some mainstream scientists that say it's likely that in that period of time, given the amount of time that other uh, species evolved, that there should have been another intelligent species here on the Earth. And they've actually done um, well, they've actually done recreations of what they would look like, and they look just like what you would expect a reptilian to look like. And yeah, so they it's almost like there's a connection there, and, and there's po- it's possible that many of us might have been reptilians in the past. Like our soul keeps going on, just for the layman who's never heard that before. Your soul keeps going on, and there's actually a science behind that. And I can get on a tangent with that, maybe a little bit later. But but what about the fact that you have had so many experiences that you can calm, calmly discuss what you have seen now? Because like I said, a lot of people will take that as you're being a little out there, you're being a little fringe. I personally don't see it that way because I'm the same way. I can now talk very calmly of mine, but there was a time when I couldn't. So how did I get to the point to where it wasn't fringe for me to talk about? It is still fringe for me to talk about. Um, I have other networks out there in the world that I'm working on, and I keep the two separate, obviously. Uh, if, if, you know, some people find out, that's fine. But it's not something that you want on your resume, of course. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I've worked here and I got a degree here and I did this here. And oh, by the way, I've talked to aliens and I've seen UFOs and and yeah, and I'm mastered in here. He's like, whoa, what? Uh, back up. Did you say you talked to aliens? All right, uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. So um, yeah, it's definitely, it still is fringe because I can't just openly talk about it to everyone. But how do I stay level headed and I'm not freaked out about this? 
Uh, one part, it just felt so natural after getting over the initial fear hump because here, I guess, I, I guess I can explain it by telling some of these stories. <clears throat> so me and my friend had uh, both been looking into this. We were both trying to figure this stuff out. And <clears throat> this one time, my friend calls me up on the phone and he's like, Hey, I got this this weird vision, this weird thing that just streamed into my head that says we need to go here. I was like, we need to go here. He's like, where is here? He said, well, I know that it's behind a church somewhere. I know that it's by a, a pond slash lake. It's a body of water. And so, okay, we looked up places in the area that sounded that description because he had seen it in his mind's eye, apparently. And what he described that he said he saw was a, a, a UFO had landed right next to a body of water behind a church and by a body of water. And we need to go there. <laughs> so we looked on the map, looked on Google Earth, and turns out there was something that fit that description right there in the middle of Longview. It's like right there in the, the biggest, one of the biggest parts of Longview. I was like, whoa, this is just right there out in the open. It's, there's a church. It's the biggest church in Longview. And it has a big strip, a uh, big par- uh, plot of land, a plot of land. And it has a, a, a large pond on it. It's, it's almost too big to be called a pond, but it, I guess you can call it a pond. And it has a few acres of woods. And it's smack dab in, tw- in between a big highway and a, uh, a bunch of apartments. And then to the left of it, there's uh, shopping centers. So I didn't expect much to come from this, obviously. I mean, there was a lot of woods there, but not enough to you would expect something crazy to happen back there. So I was like, sure, let's go check it out. So like on our way up there, we had uh, decided maybe if we leave our technology behind, because if you think about it, they're going to be able to sense, like, like this is our logic at the time. They're going to be able to sense. They're going to be able to sense our technology. So let's leave this: our watches, our our phones, our cameras, or anything we can think of that was electrical. Not to mention um, <clears throat> them being able to detect more than that. But it made sense at the time. So we left that parked both of our vehicles in front of the church. Walked straight through the the church property across the church. And to the back, and we were looking for a trail or some way to get to the water. And we found it. Boom! There's the trail. So we went walking back there down the trail for a while. It took a little bit, uh, a little bit to get back there. About uh, five or six minutes to walk through the trail. And the closer we got, the more ominous it felt. It was like the, the woods were closing in and on us. And we found the water. We finally hit the water, and it was like, all right. And he's he was starting to like slip into a slow trance and it's like, this is exactly what I saw in this vision. And, and the more we got closer to the water and to the place that apparently we needed to go, he kept slipping more and more into a trance. And I was walking right next to him and because he was getting a trance and, and this was freaky, it was, it was just ominous. And I started getting a little bit freaky. And then what I saw next I've never seen since, never saw before. It was like a force field. It was like there was something there, but at the same time, it wasn't there. It was like a distortion in reality. 
And we walked up and I wanted to touch it, but the closer I got to it, it's like I couldn't touch it. I wanted to touch it, but I couldn't. But I could see it, the distortion in reality. So he's like this way. I'm like, okay. We walked around this distortion in reality and we kept walking along the uh, along the side of the lake. And, and again, it wasn't very big. Like it was closer to the woods than it was to the water. And it was just like there. It was about the size of, I don't know what you could compare it to. It's probably uh, 20 feet across and eight feet tall. It was almost like a small wall or block of distortion there. I don't know what that was. To this day, I still don't know what that was. Um, but we kept walking down. And I kept getting freaked out because we kept hearing these rustling in the woods. And there was uh, some bushes further up. And I saw them shaking. It was almost like someone was messing with us. And then it happened. I heard a loud sound. It sounded like a rocket was taking off. And we looked over to the left and out of the woods on the other side of this pond was coming up was these two orbs, two amber orbs. They looked just like the ones I saw at Lake at the Pines that one night. And they were coming up <clears throat> amber. I could see it. It was like molten lava. Like we were so close to it. Uh, it was like molten lava and it was flowing and, and they were right there next to each other, probably about 10 feet of apart from each other but staying even like they were connected and it sounded like a rocket coming off i don't know why it sounded like a rocket but when it came towards us two spotlights came on and went directly in our direction came directly towards us and this thing comes flying it gets about level with the treetops starts flying in our direction and i grab my friend's hand i'm like let's go we gotta get out of here right now man it happens. It happens. And I'm going to cut you off there because we're about uh, 35, 40 seconds away from a break. And we got a lot of questions coming up for you from our audience in the second hour of the program. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio. We are talking ET contact tonight. James West is our guest. He's with us for the full three. We'll be back right after this. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at Spaced Out Radio. Okay, buddy, we got five and a half minutes. I'll call you. Uh, I want you to stay on here, but I'm just going to take a bathroom break, okay? Newsletters and a members only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. Looking for news beyond the mainstream news? Head to spacedoutradio.com and check out the SOR Spacewire. This is Spaced Out Radio's Eric Markham, news director for the SOR Spacewire. Daily, I will bring you intriguing stories and outlandish reports from what's going on around the world. UFO sightings, paranormal activity, conspiracies, alternative health, and so much more. And if you have news, email me at news at spaceoutradio.com. Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sightlines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. 
For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. Greetings, space travelers. I am Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange Radio, live every Sunday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Each week, we have special guests and talk about paranormal, bizarre, and strange topics mainstream just won't touch. Look for us on the Spaced Out Radio website or go to beyondthestrange.com for more information. And remember, don't be a stranger, just be strange. Hasta. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media. Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Hi there. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. The sounds of wood knocking in the forest. Odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy. And I would love it if you join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between. Hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com where I... Vincent Zunza and my super sleuth partner Alexandra Sullivan track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest, from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock loud and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks, Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. Spacedoutradio.com is the place to find us. So sit down, relax, put your feet up. Enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. 
Hope to see you there. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Welcome back to Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Welcome 2017. Tomorrow night on the show, we are going to talk alien abduction, reptilians, UFOs. David Chase from the Free Experiencers Group will be with us to talk all about it for three hours of ET contact and talk as we dip into January very heavily here on the mighty SOR. 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time is when we get things going at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on the United Public Radio Network live on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. If you're listening in on Revolution Radio, the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Do us a favor, head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. We're very proud to introduce that we are now affiliated with a new station. Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. Good to have you guys along for the ride as well. Thank you for bringing in Spaced Out Radio to your nighttime format. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Anaglyptographic is your password. Anaglyptographic is your password. If you're a space traveler, you know what to do with it. Use it wisely. Hey, if you want to follow us along on social media, you can go on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio and at SpacedOutRadio. Give our Facebook page a like, SpacedOutRadio Show. On Instagram, I can be followed at DaveScottSOR. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, SpacedOutRadio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes, and our website is spacedoutradio.com. Tonight we are joined by Jason West, or sorry, James West, not Jason, James West. We are talking ET contact. He's just a regular guy like you and me. However, his experiences are extraordinary. James, welcome back. And I'm glad to be here with you guys. Before we get started, I got a lot of people asking if uh, you have a YouTube channel where they can check out your videos. East Texas UFOs. East Texas UFOs is his YouTube channel. Thank you so much. So right before the break, we were talking about ETs, what they look like, your your experiences with them, how they've kind of come around in your life. You wanted to describe a little bit more of that. Right, right. Uh, just finishing up on that story that I was talking about, uh, it, I was trying to explain why I got over these fears and what got me through that. Well, it was it was like having that intense fear of being in the woods, not knowing what was going around, and I had these two orbs flying over me, and it helped me get past that. It was like, whoa, this happened. I was so scared. It was like getting over that hump. It's like after being this scared, I could I could do anything. Like I I got over that intense fear. But at that time I was really freaked out. Uh I had these two orbs coming directly at at, at me and my friend there. 
so I was so freaked out that I literally was grabbing his hand. I'm like, man, let's get out of here. Like, I don't know if any of you have been that scared. That's one of the scaredest moments I've ever had in my life. And I'm a pretty big guy. I played a linebacker in high school. I, I'm not scared of many things. And, and that was one of the scariest moments I ever had in my life, especially when it turned on the lights right at us and flew over the top. We actually jumped behind this willow tree, not because he wanted to, because I wanted to, and I yanked him down. And this whole entire time, he was in a trance. He was just like looking in straight, straight towards the craft there. And I looked up as it was passing over the top of us. And in between these two orbs was like something manifesting, like plasma in between these two orbs. And something was manifesting between it. It was almost like it was just the craft or whatever it was was transforming. And it flew over the top of us and went into the woods on the other side of the pond that we were on and flew down into those woods. And at that moment, that's when I made my break for it. I'm like, okay, we have to get out of here. So I made a dart back for the path that we were originally coming down on. And I could still see the craft through the woods down that path. And I said, nope, I'm not going towards that thing. So I talked him into trying to find another way out. So we did. And we ended up going all the way around, way, way further than it took us to get in there. So it took us about twice as long to get out. And that entire time I kept looking back and I could occasionally see the lights of those orbs through the woods. Until we finally got to this uh, one trail that came out towards uh on the other side of where we had came out uh came in at and we ran all the way back to our vehicles got in our vehicles said let's go home and act like that never happened so we did and actually on that night when i was driving home i was tagged there was a tag i was uh, a tag along and i noticed there was a tag, tag along because i took a few turns that i would never take they kept following me no matter which way I went. And I pulled up to one red light and they pulled up to one red light. I pulled up right next to this thing and they had tinted windows and I flipped them off and then kept driving because I didn't know who was following me. But I actually went home that night and I called. I was so freaked out from it uh, initially that I called my parents and I'm like, hey, I uh I saw something crazy in the woods last night and they were like, what? I told them and I was like on the, on the phone at the, at the time I was like heavy breathing and talking fast because my adrenaline was still running from that. And I think that's the reason why I had pulled up to that vehicle and flipped off whoever was tagging along. And that and later that night, a, a triangle craft flew over the top of my house and that was, one of the first triangle crafts that I had saw. And that's when things started to change. So that triangle craft, I don't know how I knew it at the time, but I know now when that flew over, it was just like a sign to me. It was like a sign that I was being protected in a way. It's like, well, that's not going to happen anymore. We're not going to let anything happen to you. I don't, that's, it was just like a comforting feeling. I don't, Maybe someone who's listening has had a similar feeling, but whatever was in that wood, in those woods, was 
not of good intent. It was des- definitely ma- malevolent, to say the least, because I was fearful. Like, I felt like I could have died is how scared I was. But seeing that triangle fly over, and it was, um, someone would probably call it a TR-3B, but I would not call it a TR-3B because of what I felt. And the like the telepathy connection, it's not like you heard someone in your head. You just felt the intent of whatever was controlling that, and you feel the intent. And that was the first time that I had that, had that uh, type of thing happen to me. So I just knew, knew at that moment that I was going to be okay. So it was just like a super comforting thing. So yeah, uh, that's that answers that uh, question, how I initially got over the, like, how's it fearful? How is it? Yeah. All right, let's get to Claudia's question. Claudia is asking, One time I saw an outline of a triangle and hieroglyphics inside the triangle. The ship was cloaking but did not hide the hieroglyphics. Have you ever seen, James, hieroglyphics on a ship or been shown them in your dreams? In 2012, I had this weird like daydream type thing where I saw hieroglyphs. I saw faces of different types of ETs, and it was the day it like 2012 like just the it turned 2017 it was new year's and i had that and at that time i was like is this what the whole 2012 is gonna happen is this the higher ascension thing but no it it was weird but yes i saw higher higher ghosts than that but i never seen them on a craft no i've not seen them on a craft but that's the only time like i've ever seen hieroglyphs okay Question from Claudia. Have you ever had any downloads? If so, could you remember any of the information? And did you learn things you had not known before? Okay. By downloads, are we referring to, like, just... Well, give you an example. CJ, your friend who you've had experiences with, who was on this show months ago, okay, Mm -hmm. he started getting a lot of downloads of symbols and mathematics and, and things like that. Okay, as far as downloads, I had a couple events that were tied to what I could only describe as a past life event. And this is where I kept seeing this. It was like a big orb. It was a big metal ball that I kept seeing. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it meant at that time. But it was always right after I went to sleep. I would have this vision of this metal ball, and it would be cold. It was not cold enough to where like it would freeze, but I saw moisture all over the ball, and I could, I knew that it was cold, but it wasn't cold enough to freeze. It's, it's like a weird thing. I kept seeing the ball, and then I kept seeing it in different elements. Like I would see the ball uh, dry, then I would see it hot. I saw it one time where it was like molten. Then another time where it was like, if you've ever seen a molten ball, after it starts to cool off and it like flakes, or not, it doesn't have to be a ball, but molten metal, when after you take it out of the thing and it starts to cool off and it has that flaky effect, I saw that on the ball too. And I don't, I never knew what that ball meant, but then it started tying in with some things that were happening with CJ, but that's kind of a a later thing that happened there. Uh, But that like... 
with downloads in particular, like, did I just have like universal knowledge just like zap right into my brain and all of a sudden I knew how to make a UFO or, or how to do this or that? Um, hmm. Not in that particular way. I've, I've had times where I know someone was communicating with me and they would tell me things about myself, but nothing like, like that, like CJ, where he, like, he figured out some of these futuristic, uh, physics that he talks about on his website. And we, we got to looking into that. And that's some real stuff. There's actually some fringe scientists in the, uh, what we call the Electric Universe Theory. And because of some of the downloads he has, that's what got me into that. Because it, it's actually not new. It's been around since like Nikola Tesla and even before that with, with a scientist named Christian Berkman. But this is a scientific theory that's being pushed off and nobody's really giving it much girth or much attention. But it explains everything so right and it's so simplistic that it's amazing that we don't all know this information right now. And it's right there for everyone to look at. And I advise everyone tonight, when you get a chance, or tomorrow, because it's late, uh, to go look at the Electric Universe Theory. You could go to YouTube, the Thunderbolts Project. You can go to thunderbolts.info on, on their website. And this explains a lot of the stuff that he was figuring out. And he was explaining to me, and I didn't understand it fully until I ran across the Electric Universe Theory. And then I ran it back across him. He's like... Yeah, yeah, that's part of it right there. That's that's a big part of it. So this is information that everybody can have access to. But yeah, uh, any more questions there? Uh, yeah, we got a few more. This one comes from Stone. She is asking, have you ever seen the flashers since the plasmas came in? Have I ever seen the flashers since yeah, the plasma any- orbs came in? Okay, I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but there is something that we called flashers or we called fireflies. And this is a weird thing where you would have, yes, these big amber orbs float, uh, hovering over neighborhoods or hovering over woods and doing their thing. And then around it, you would have all these different like flashing lights. And there was one that, like I said, is like a firefly because it would do a slow, po- a slow pulse as it flew around. And that's the only thing I could think of as flashers, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Let's get to Claudia's question here. She is asking me, if extraterrestrials have ever asked you to leave with them and board a ship, would you go? Absolutely. <laughs> I would do it in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Even if, even if like, if something bad was going to happen to me, like say if it was uh, some group with negative intent for me, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would. That's just, yes. But that's like, if you asked me this a few years ago, no. No, I wouldn't. But now that I've got to to communicate with some of these people and some of these beings, then yes, I would in a heartbeat. No question. KJ is asking, during any of your extraterrestrial encounters, have you or have they passed any messages as to why they are here, what do they want from you specifically? <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
as far as I go, I assume it's the, uh, there's millions of us with the same purpose. Uh, some people might want to call it star seeds. Some people might want to call it this or that or the, or, or, or the, I don't know. I've heard other terms for it, but there's millions of people that are here for a specific purpose. So I know you've heard of the age of Aquarius, right? Yes. Um, so the age of Aquarius is, um, it's a 24, uh, I mean a 25,000 year cycle. And, Apparently, what the age of Aquarius actually is, and where the are these ancients found this information from or got this information from, is uh, planet Earth is a planet where pe- uh, people are uh, raised up, species are raised up, and every twenty five thousand year cycle is like the the cycle needed to bring a a uh, a new species into Enlightenment age. Or whatever you want to look at it as, and I'm—I never was like a real uh, love and light kind of person. I was a really down-to-earth, real person. But after experiencing some of this stuff, I have to re-question some of this. Uh, especially, I had a spiritual background, so it once I actually got into communication, it it kind of clicked. But yeah, it's a twenty-five thousand-year cycle, and we're right—we're about to run into the age of Aquarius. It. If you want to look at it precisely, roughly uh, 2090, more precisely 2083, is when that is like right on the dot, when it hits right to be the age of Aquarius. It's, it's supposed to be every uh, 225, yeah, two, not 200, 2000, every 2,250 years is another age. And... The age of Aquarius is when we're supposed to hit enlightenment age. And this is when we are supposed to have our, our we're supposed to reach our space age, right? when we're among the stars. But before you get that, before you get that process, you have to have disclosure, right? So people like me, people like Dave, people like Joe Montaldo or or the millions of us out there, that feel like we have a purpose. We're here for a reason. I'm not trying to say this person's special or that person's special. Uh, in fact, everyone's here for a reason, one way or another. And most of us, our souls are not not new by the sense. We're millions, if not eons of, of lifetimes that we've lived. And we're here for the select purpose of raising up a species. And refining souls. That's another thing people don't mention. It's like how can – if the main purpose is raising up a species, how can such horrible things happen? And the way that I've looked at it thanks to some of the guidance that I've been given is it's a refining process. So there's – if you look at a soul, a soul is a collection of lives that you collect over millions and millions of years. And the – when it starts out, it's just one base, and every lifetime adds a layer and a layer and a layer until until it becomes this awesome thing of collection of souls and experiences that it's had with millions of other souls, trillions and trillions of other souls. And there's actually some science behind that if you look into, like I said, the electric universe theory and what they refer to as the aether uh, – CJ makes an awesome chart on his website uh, to help describe some of this stuff. It 
the the aether resides within the three dimensional realm. Like we live side by side. The aether it's it's among us. It it. It is, it is us. Our soul, it, that's what we really are. We're uh, a spiritual being. I mean, not everybody's going to subscribe to that. That's fine. <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you believe it or not. Um, but that's how it is. And uh, we're being raised up. But there's a refining process. So getting back on topic, you know, I, I'm all over the place. I know I've, I've done what one interview before, uh, just to kind of give my story a test to see if I'm going to just sputter on like a babbling idiot or not. But yes. So there's a refining process and there's a point in a soul, which it can go bad or good. So if you live enough lifetimes doing morally good things and no, I don't know what what defines good or bad it's there's some kind of scale there that is is being chosen by whatever is at the highest levels of of multi dimensions and in multiverses and and that whole good stuff something to uh, what you might refer to as god singularity the 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 one i don't however you want to look at it um there's a there's a, a scale so if you're living enough good lifetimes you're tipping towards the more morally balanced and you start living more fulfilling lives. If you keep having bad experiences, bad lifetimes, and, and just tr- tragic events happening in your life or different things and bad things happen, your, your, your soul's going to tip to another, another point to where you have a moral bar- a barometer that flips and what is bad you start seeing as good and what is good start, you start seeing as bad. So this is a conflict that's going on in the universe. It's literally yin and yang and good, bad. And there's always a a balance. Uh, I know like uh, Star Wars refers to it as a balance in the force. And and these stories that we get from Spielberg and Lucas and, and, and the others, they're not there by chance. This is actually defining the things that are really happening in our universe. Uh, where do you think they get all this information? Because I've seen a lot of their films, and it, it starts to line up with some of the things that I've seen. And no, it wasn't my imagination by by the the slightest chance. In fact, I have videos to prove a lot of the stuff that I've seen, which is great. Um, but yeah, there's there's a balance. So these planets that we're on, in 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 the Orion system alone, and and. I don't know if it's the Orion, just the Orion Nebula or the entire Milky Way galaxy, but there's at least 70,000 different locations where a similar situation is happening, and they're all on the same clock. They're all on the age of a, they're all about to go into the age of Aquarius on that 25,000 year cycle that goes through all these ages. They're about to click over on the age of Aquarius. So all these planets that have similar situations going, where they're refining souls. They're here to have certain experiences, plus raise up a species. They have to have these experiences of seeing good and bad and good triumphing over evil. This is why throughout our history, there's always the rise and fall of empires, the takedown of dictators, and all these different things. And history repeats itself because this is the process of refining a soul and showing a soul that triumphing over evil is the path and and having these different victory stories can really help a soul along that process of refining towards a better moral guideline 
So this is happening all throughout our galaxy and probably throughout the entire universe and several universes because as far as we know right now, it's, it doesn't have an end to the edge of our universe. So yeah, this is happening. So just in our backyard, the Milky Way galaxy and the Orion Nebula, 70,000 different planets that are being raised up for disclosure and the space age. We're one of them. Now, we're not the first humans in the universe, but uh, another species being raised up for a planet. And we know that it's happened in the past. If you actually look, I, I did some research on it. There's evidence that shows that there was nuclear wars that were going on around 50 to 47,000 years ago. There's a, a place in India where they say it's an impact crater, just a, you know, like a... Um, uh, uh, oh, an asteroid I could, or a meteorite. I couldn't couldn't think of it. Uh, and they couldn't find any part. They couldn't find any part of the actual asteroid. They couldn't find any remnants of, uh, of it. So they just because for lack of a better explanation, that's what they labeled it. And we still find trace radiation from that. And there's actually a couple sites uh, uh, like that around the world. So. Even for beyond our known history, there's been civilizations being ra- raised up on just our planet alone. So it brings more credence to maybe it's happened even way back into to like 65 million years ago, which I've been told by these beings that it did happen. And reptilians were raised up and they evolved from the uh, velociraptor and this is uh, how you, they, they had their form. This is what they evolved from. And uh, as we all know, something big happened. An asteroid slammed into the... Into the, the well, this one was so big that there's, there's kind of no, no doubting that this one was an asteroid. But that some conflict happened between groups that were racing up on the Earth and other groups out there that they had to shut down the program and smash an asteroid into the earth and only some reptilians made it out and that's where the ones we have that are trying to raise up civilizations on the earth are now the ones that escaped and to make up for their mistakes it's it's, it's almost like in, in in guilt because you wouldn't expect them to like have pity for us and i've heard others talk about this but we're kind of connected to them in a more natural sense, even even with a spiritual sense, because we've been raised up on the same planet that they were raised up, and they have a bit of a moral obligation to make sure we are successful in our right. disclosure process. Right. I'm going to get to another question here. God of Thunder at hashtag Spaced Out Radio is asking, in the experiences you have had with extraterrestrials, were you given the impression the ETs were of a benevolent or a malevolent nature? Both. I was given both. And I think if you look at the research, other people have had good and bad experiences as well. And this is because there is a conflict going on in all these planets to not be... You remember what, what I explained with the souls, right? Where it can go either good or bad. Yes. So even on the spiritual level, you can have conflict. It. It doesn't make sense just in the three-dimensional realm that, oh, why, why are these groups fighting over a, just a simple planet? And why haven't they – they've managed to get into the stars. Have they not figured out their 
their issues. Well, it's more complex than that because there's a spiritual domain, there's an aether, there's multi-dimensions, there's so many different levels. And over the years of all these conflicts going on, people get grudges and there's actual space battles happening in the universe. Now, obviously, I can't prove that, although I did have this one time where me and my brother were sitting outside on a porch and I was looking up and there was this flash of light that would come up and it was high up in the altitude and I saw it flash. Then it showed up several, it would have been several thousands and thousands of miles away where it showed up just a few seconds later. And then, then after it kept flashing like that, then I saw all these little teeny flashes all around it, like, like teeny explosions that were happening around it as it kept flashing like that. So I don't know that reminded me of space battles going on, but uh, that could have been, I don't know. But it was definitely nothing man-made. I can tell you that for that, that for sure, because of how fast it was moving. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, to 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 answer the question of is there good, is there bad, uh, or or was I was was I experiencing good or bad? At first, it was all bad. Uh, it was all really like freaky until 2013 when I had that. A triangle fly over and I had that feeling that it's all going to be alright and we got your back kind of feeling I I was kind of terrified from this because it was, it was, it was freaky if you were in the same situation I wouldn't I, I would assume you would be freaked out from it too, especially the not knowing part, it's like who are these people and what do they want with me that's, that's what it was but yeah, it's it's once you once you get away with once you get that non-human aspect when when you start to connecting connecting with them on a personal level it's yeah it's you can tell that they're just no different from us on the inside it's yeah we're we're just like them they just have a you know a technological jump up on us right now but that's because of the circumstances and we've likely been in their shoes too we've likely been on the other side of the spectrum and we were raising up planets in the past and getting them ready for actual life in the in the universe and life in the universe goes way beyond just the three-dimensional realms in fact uh, there's something that they said one time that you live most of your life in the the spiritual realms most of your life is lived not in three dimensional. This is like our playground. This is this is where we come down and we get to play in the sandbox uh, and fight fight with each other and kind of work out our differences and in and kind of work out problems in our soul. Like I said, it's a refining process too. It's it's almost like the the three dimensional realms were created just so we could come down here and figure our figure out our problems and. And I've heard other people say, oh, it's like a video game, or, or scientists say it's almost like a virtual reality. Well, though it's phys- physical to us, in, in a way, that's almost true. Because we live most of our life in the spiritual domains. There's multi-dimensions, uh, higher dimensions, and the aether that I know about. And God knows what else I don't know about. Let's get into the telepath- telepathy of everything. Have you ever had telepathic communication with ETs? Claudio wants to know if you do, and what do they send to you if you do? Yes, but not as much as I would like. Like, um, it's usually just a quick uh, message, and 
intent. Most of the time, like 90% of the time, it's not even words. It's, it's just given to you and you get the intent in your brain. You like, it's, it's hard to explain unless you've actually had it happen. Uh, you feel it's, you feel them passing information non-verbally to you through you, through your neural net or, or whatever I can explain it in any kind. It's like they, they consciously just pass you information. I guess that would be a better definition for download. But yes, I've actually had voices in my head say things to me. And there's actually a funny story. Um, me and CJ were uh, – we were talking this one time about uh, how there there were ETs on the moon and how they have a base on the moon, and I just thought it would be funny in my head to just see if anyone would respond. And I said, and I in my in my head I said, Earth to moon, Earth to moon, come in, Earth Earth to moon, come in. And then in my head, just like an old old operator, I heard someone come in and it's like, or uh, this or or um, they said Earth. Like it, they were responding to my call and I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Cause it sounded just like an old, uh, operator, like an old phone operator. So yeah, they, they have communicated, but most, most of the communication where I like straight up hear it in my head, it's pretty short things. It's, uh, sentences or, or just something that like, Hey, watch out. And especially when things got pretty tense there and I was being followed around by the, uh, what I could call in men in black, but God knows exactly what alphabet soup or, or rogue branch of the government or whatever that was that was following me around. So do you have, yeah, Claudia that, wants to know uh, to follow up on that. Do you feel an energy shift or hear a sound or feel a shift in consciousness just before extraterrestrials visit or if they are nearby? Okay. So, the earlier experiences that we're having, the the more negative ones, yes, yes. Um, I I would get you know the time correlations. Uh, I would always see uh, three thirty three before, or like right when the abduction was going to happen, or right before three thirty three. Um, but I usually had yeah a, a pretty weird or ominous feeling like something's going to happen earlier. And then after that, it. The, the, the communications that I had after that, it was just like a, a, a ring up on a phone or, or just a, a friendly message and, and ringed up in my head or because most, most of the time I didn't um, see, have sit, sit down conversations or, or I, I got to ride on alien ships or, or whatnot. I was told that I was abducted many times uh, during the, the peak time that, that happened and I had to be taken up or I would have been dead. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they teleported me a couple of times, which was kind of freaky to say, say the least. And an indicator uh, that happened only during the times where they said I got teleported was a weird thing where I would, my ears would pop. Like it would be like pop, 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 pop. Sort of like when you're going up in an airplane, but it happened really, really fast. That was a really strange thing that happened. And the only explanation in my mind is maybe I got sapped up to a ship high up and and things weren't planned out to happen at a smooth transition of some sorts and all of a sudden like the pressure changed because it it was a, a tense situation because from what I was told and what I could see visually because I was being followed around I was being harassed even at my work it caused me to lose my job in fact because of the crazy stuff that was happening um yeah um 
I was told that my life was on the line several times. I don't, I can't prove to you that I was so important that I had to be rescued, but that's what was happening. And it was pretty intense. So yeah, I, I hope I answered your question. Absolutely. And let's get to hashtag Spaced Out Radio with God of Thunder. James, are you aware of any implants extraterrestrials may have placed inside of you? <clears throat> yes. In 2013, I found uh, uh, something in my ear. One night, I woke up and it was there. And I could see it. Like if I put a light up to it uh, and like behind it, you could see that there was something in my ear. It was in my earlobe. It wasn't like in the top or anything. It was in my earlobe. Like I was literally uh, ear tagged. It was it was a weird thing. And then about a few days later, it was gone. And my stepmother, that she wasn't fully convinced at the time, even after me showing her videos and everything, it was like she was brushing it off. But she kept explaining these weird dreams where, this is weird. A angel came to me in my dream or, or I talked to Jesus last night. I was like... Hmm, I'm not so sure that's what actually happened. But she had a a weird thing that showed up in her arm. And that was another thing that you could feel it. You could touch it and you could like move it a little bit. And then all of a sudden that disappeared too. And that was happening during the peak of this. So I, I suspect that they were taking other members of my family as well. And that would be the greys or these particular greys that I was dealing with that I believe were, or I, I say I believe, but this is what I was told, that they were clones. So these weren't actually, these were just uh, these particular greys. Greys are actual species that live out in the universe and they there are some that interact with us here, just, just so I'm not, so I'm being totally clear on that. But there are many greys that are being used by but, uh, malevolent groups of ETs. And I believe there's some that are being used by malevolent groups of uh, humans on on the earth as well that are more in the know than anyone else, uh, more so back back in the peak times. So yes, I found I found chips or whatever you, you would call them implanted in me. I know I have two two that I know of. And I think all ET contacts pretty much have them in themselves. I haven't heard an ET contactee who hasn't. Do you find that you can feel them? Do you find that you have them moving around your body, or do you feel they're stationary? With me, the only one that I saw and knew for sure, uh, there there was another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another one that was in, in the crease of my arm. And that one disappeared only after a day. That was only there for one day. That was a weird thing. But I, other than that, the only other one that I had that knew for sure was in my earlobe. But the one on my stepmother showed up again, and it showed up in a different location. And that happened a couple of times, maybe five or six times. She had that one that kept showing up on her. It was really weird. It was moving to different other spots. So we're like, what is this? Is it like just flying all around inside her? This is weird. It's like some something's loose inside of her moving around. But it was the same object. Felt the same if you touched it. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, you said could were, were you asking could I like feel if ET is around? Yeah, could you feel if ETs are around if if they are buzzing or or sending you some sort of message of course of course 
And in fact, like if it was if it was the ones that were uh, protecting me, I definitely knew because they would always give an indicator of some sort, either mentally or visually, which was always nice. So yeah, I definitely knew because they they're like, hey, what's up? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure uh, everything's okay, kind of kind of a uh, thing. But usually not in words so much as it was just a mental indicator, and it was definitely not me producing this. Was definitely something else because I always you just I, I you really don't know how to prove it, but that's it's it happened, and yeah, and and I sometimes I would know when uh, something or just a UFO would be flying by, and that I don't know if it was them at that time, but it could have been a number of different groups, but I just knew, just like go outside and film it, and and in a lot of my videos that I recorded, I'm like. I just felt like I needed to go outside, and here it was. And you hear me saying that in the videos. So, so yeah. When, so when you are having contact, there's a lot of people out there who do not believe that you can summon UFOs. I tend to believe the opposite of that, because for a while there, when I was in the heat of my sightings, it seemed like every time I went outside, I could say, okay, where are you? And all of a sudden, the lights would be on right over top of my house, or orbs flying by, or TR-3Bs, or black triangles, whatever you want to call them, hovering over my house. You know, it does get like that. Would you consider yourself a summoner, then? Well, I consider the group that would respond to my request as friends. I mean, it's it's hard for you to say, yeah, these ETs are my friends, but... Like, I got pretty close with some of them. And, yeah, uh, if I really needed or really just wanted to see, just, like, sometimes you just need it. Like, if you're going through all this stuff and you're like, guys, could, could you please show up for me? I just, I would really appreciate that. It's So I don't like to call it summoning. So it was, it was just like asking a friend to do me a favor. And sure enough, they would show up. And there's some videos where I called thing like I titled them, like triangle craft or this craft or that craft. Thank you for showing up. And you could hear me getting pretty emotional in some of those because sometimes it's just, it's you know, it's it's just an emotional event. Sometimes it's yes, yes, I can summon, but anybody can summon that's being contact and and I believe that wholeheartedly. And I've gotten my friends to ask UFOs to show up. Gone to Thunder at hashtag Spaced Out Radio on Twitter is asking, James, did you ever refuse to go with an extraterrestrial when they came for you? Uh, usually whenever I was taken, I was either not conscious during it or it was done in such a fashion that I wasn't given an opportunity to uh, resist. But if if it were, was the ones that were interacting with me and they felt benevolent, I wouldn't have cared. So I wouldn't have resisted anyway. Because after 2013, I never really felt fear from any groups that were interacting with me. The ones that were, you know, directly interacting with me. Do you ever, so, get, yeah. do you ever get ringing in your ears? Yes, I, uh, I do. And I believe that is a, a an Earth-based thing. Uh, when... When you're being broadcast, this is how they explained it to you. I would ask this question all the time. And I even asked it to CJ and, and his group that he was interacting with because there's certain groups that uh, operate in different parts of the, the planet. 
And they're like, yeah, that's when you're being broadcasted on a larger audience. So people are tuning in at that point or trying to tune in. Uh, it, it could just be um, a, a quick change in blood pressure, but usually it, it's when someone's tuning in and your body's reacting to that. Then yes, it happened all the time, all the time. Have you ever tried to turn down the signal or ask them to turn down the signal? Uh, yes. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, a thing that happened when I was being attacked was um, they would uh, put images in my head. This is the, the negative ones of people dying of really nasty looking things, friends and family uh, being treated in a not so good way, tortured in some cases. It's obviously it wasn't things that are real because the people that I were seeing most of the time were still alive and, and not being treated. And I, and that's how I kind of coped with it. Uh, and I could get over it by saying, yes, this is not real. You're not going to, you're not going to get to, you're not going to get to me in this fashion. You keep putting these images in my head. Another thing that would happen is um, uh, something that I called the dagger stabbing where it felt like specific, specifically down the spine, like right from the top of my head down into my temple uh, in in my head. Felt like someone was taking a dabber, uh, a dabber, uh, a dagger and stabbing in the top of my head and slowly pulling it out and then stabbing back into the top of my head and pulling it out. And I've never had it after, never had it before, only during the peak events. So it's not like it was some kind of weird headache or some kind of crazy thing. Sorry. What's that? Sorry, as you were talking about the ringing, the ringing actually started in my ears. So I had to ask him to turn it down, please, and I didn't realize my mic was still on. Oh, that's no problem, man. Yeah, somebody's listening. You're definitely tuning in. Oh, it's, uh, gone. it's gone. Oh, now it's picked back up. Oh, man. Now i got to take my headphone out because this is kind of annoying. All right, there uh-oh. we go. Thank you. All right, now I can hear you. All right, so what about somebody. Di- Gloria is asking, what about digital sounds? Do you ever get digital sounds in your ears? Well, I had that uh, one like old operator thing talking to it, but that was... Uh, some com- friendlies talking or com- oh, computerized sounds like um uh, not really I've, I've heard music in my head which is cool that's a cool thing too that i could talk about but no not i i don't know um i've heard beeps and, and different things clicks and and different random things for different times but not really digital not i don't know they can make any sound they want so it's definitely not beyond the realm of the possibility of things that they can do. And they'll do certain things for certain people, whatever fits the situation of what's going down, but not, not particularly for me. When you are about to go into contact, do you meditate or do you just let it happen? Um, if I want to make like spiritual contact, yeah, I'll meditate because it's really good to get into a a bit of a trance or or third eye meditation and in fact this is something that like i learned about third eye meditation from et's i didn't know it existed before that you're like um try opening your third eye and it'll help you down in life and it has 
uh, that's something that happens is I'll get a third eye, like a third eye warning sometimes when I need to pay attention, my third eye will just like whoop, start buzzing in my, in my forehead and you get this weird flutter effect. And sometimes if it, if it gets intense enough, it kind of spreads to the rest of your body, which is pretty intense thing. But yes, I meditate before I make, try to make con or contact or talk to or communicate with, uh, the spiritual domains, which again, some of the spiritual domains you communicate with, they seem like normal people, but at the same time, some of them you, you communicate with, it's, it's like angelic and you, it's like a, a, a holy experience to say the least. But before, uh, in ET contact, um, not, not so much. It, I really haven't since, since 2013, I really haven't had the, you know, the classic, uh, you feel them coming and they're about to take you kind of situation because I started getting protected by this counter group. So it's, it's always a friendly, like what's up kind of situation. Let's go back to Twitter. Hashtag space out radio. John Porter is asking a question. Does James or do you James ever get the feeling the aliens are screwing with electronics or electrical equipment around you, maybe changing red lights, so on and so forth? Uh, yes. Um, and that's going to have to do with their technology. Again, look into the electric universe theory. Uh, everything has to do with electromagnetism and plasma and the manipulation, manipulation of plasma. So like say if, uh, a UFO is close enough to certain of it. I, they've definitely uh, improved upon it because if you look at some of the older, older stories um, or older um, contacts, you'll hear about the the manipulation of or, or or like flickering lights and and cars turning off and that kind of thing. And I think it has to do a lot of that might have had to do with mill labs and things like that. They've got their hands on the technology uh, in some kind of uh, way or fashion and. They hadn't perfected it yet, but they can. They can manipulate anything like that, anything electronic. They can even manipulate um, – and like, like say there's a one particular image on the internet. If they wanted that image to be something totally different, and in an instant or not in an instant or however long they want to do it, but almost instantly they can go and change every single one of those images that are on the internet and connected dark web or – or however you want to see it, and change it, manipulate it, change it to look like whatever they want it to be. Um, that's a an interesting thing. And CJ said he's actually seen that happening like real time, which is a cool thing. I've never seen it real time, but I've been shown images on the internet that they've snuck like ET's faces in it. There's there's one photo that NASA posted uh, last year that it I've actually seen the before and after, and they actually changed it. To where you can actually see the eye, eye um, if you look at a certain part of it, you see the outline of uh, of what uh, we call the green, the greens. I call the greens. Uh, CJ calls them the greenies. I call them greens because they're such a, a bad, uh, I have to say it to describe them, badass group of uh, extraterrestrials that I think greenies is a little bit soft and kind of cutesy sounding, but I call them the greens. And they're actually a hybrid between uh, between greys and reptilians, so they're they're tall, slender, um, very, uh, very fast-witted. And I'm I have to say this experience because this is one of the coolest ones that I ever had when I got to 
experience these beings, man. Okay. We got about three and a half minutes for that story. Three and a half minutes for that story. I'm going to save it for the next one because it might take a little bit longer than that. But to answer his question, yes, um, I've seen manipulations of if different things and lights and flicker and and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's 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 simple for them to manipulate the environment around you in some sort of way. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very very possible. Do you? believe then like a lot of people believe that implants or the implant that is inside you can is what's actually manipulating the electronics whether it's you know driving down your street and the street lamp goes off or microwaves uh you know blowing circuits or something along those lines do you have that happen when I was a kid, one time I touched a computer screen and the entire uh, computer short-circuited. That's the only time that ever happened with me. I don't know if I had some crazy electric discharge built up on me and I touched it and it just did that. I don't think that's like really possible normal ways, but that's the only time like something weird like that happened. And that was that was several years ago. That was a really crazy thing. But yes, I think it's possible. And it could do with the technology and certain uh, chips, uh, maybe with with the, like I said, the electromagnetism that, that has to do with a lot of the technology. Uh, you could that's you can create anti gravity if you manipulate uh, ma- uh, electromagnetism in a certain way. You can completely cloak things. You can create. Um, you can bend light if you. Um, if you manipulate it through a uh, a medium, so you know how like if water goes or, or light goes through water, uh, it'll bend, it'll refract. So if light goes through plasma and you're you're charging it up with a a, a huge electromagnetic field, if you have the right, right technology, you can bend light and create whatever you want, and like cloak yourself and make yourself look like a plane. Like I said, I I, I had seen in film. They can make themselves look like whatever. So, yeah, it's the technology. It has a lot to do with uh, electromagnetic fields, and that's probably why you're having all these interference with electronics sometimes. And on that note, I'm going to get you to hold on. We're going to hop out for a break here at the top of the hour. we got two hours down, one hour to go with James West. We're talking ET contact, what it's like, how it feels, how often it can happen. We're talked about summoning UFOs as well because many out there do have that ability. It's weird when you can go outside and just say, hey, where are you? And lo and behold, light starts shining in the sky. If you haven't had it happen, it is real, my friends and my fellow space travelers. It's something that we don't expect, but it does happen. You listen to Spaced Out Radio. We'll be back right after this. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines. Your answers are a click away. Greetings and salutations, space travelers, from the Chronicles of the Unknown team. What is Chronicles of the Unknown? I keep hearing about this thing. 
It's a new paranormal reality TV show based right here in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Follow our team as we uncover claims of activity on the Caribou Gold Rush Trail. You can also follow us here every third Monday where two members of our team will be available to answer your questions. We'll give you some equipment updates and some of our experiences on the road. Right here on Spaced Out Radio. Hi there. I'm Butch Witkowski, lead investigator with Euphorcop. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Witkowski's Strange Days. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. Have you checked out the SOR Spacewire at spacedoutradio.com yet? Every day we post the latest stories regarding the weird, strange, and completely unbelievable. From cryptid and UFO sightings to the conspiracy world, we tackle it all. Hi there, I'm Eric Markham, Space Out Radio's news director for the SOR Spacewire. And if you have a story, I want to hear it. Email me at news at spaceoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Every month on Spaced Out Radio, we look into the deep and dark reports of cryptids roaming around the world with me, Rob Morphy, from Cryptopia.us. I would love it if you would join me and host Dave Scott as we delve into the most arcane stories and reports regarding creatures of the unknown. My job is to hunt down the details and bring the evidence forward to you. These aren't your regular Bigfoot stories I'm talking about either. You can find out more about crypto history at spacedoutradio.com. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. 
SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box. The iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box. The spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you along for the ride as we do this show seven nights a week. Tomorrow night on the program, David Chase will join us. We're talking about ET abduction, UFOs. David is very experienced in this field, a very good voice, and a very public speaker in regards to these anomalies that we call ET contact. 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome everyone listening in on the United Public Radio Network live on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world, as well as Revolution Radio. If you are listening in on the Double R machine, remember the donation station, Revolution Radio, needs your help. Head over to freedomslips.com and donate today. As of tomorrow night, we are officially on the air with Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. It's going to be a good one. It's a good match made in heaven. And, of course, Vegas, Sin City, my favorite city in the world. We're good to be on there live starting tomorrow night. Bill Cardwell has set the password for the SOR Space Travelers Club for tonight. Anaglyptographic is your password. Anaglyptographic. Make sure if you are a space traveler that you use it wisely because 
we kind of need you in the building to use it. Well, maybe outside the building too, but just don't let on where you got it from. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, I can be followed at Dave Scott, S-O-R. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you want to chat with me or ask some questions on Twitter. And our website is spacedoutradio.com. While there, we have a plethora of features for you, including our music guitar god, Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. We have the SOR Space Wire for you to catch up on. Read my latest blog. Fill out an SOR Sightlines report. If you have had an experience you can't explain and you'd like the great Mike Schmidt to investigate it, or join the SOR Space Travelers Club. It equates to about 5 bucks a month. We like to give stuff away, so sign up today. James West is our guest tonight. We're talking ET contact and what it's like to live with it. James, welcome back. And I'm glad to be here, especially to be the first show of the year. Come on now. Getting asked for anything better. Absolutely. It is the first show of 2017 for us, so we're glad to have you here. Let's get on started right away with a question from Claudia. She is asking, James, do you remember what you saw when you were taken or what they were telling you as you were traveling in their spaceship? Did you see a big screen in the ship? Does you Do you remember seeing other planets, other universes while you were taken? Uh, no. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, uh, most of my experiences were on the ground level that I consciously remember. For the most part, when I was taken, I was not aware of it, or, or I was aware of it, but I didn't get to remember most of it, unfortunately. Um, most of the time I got abducted was when my life was being threatened in some kind of form or fashion. And yes, it was being threatened. Um I, yeah, um, I hopefully that answers your question. But no, I unfortunately I didn't get to see the the galaxy or 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 like the star the Star Trek where uh, the lady got uh, abducted and he's like he explains to her how civilizations are raised up. Unfortunately, I didn't get to have that on the ship experience, but uh, mostly communications and seeing the UFOs and filming the UFOs and. That's that's what my part has been in this. Um, so, no, unfortunately not. God of Thunder on Twitter at hashtag Space Out Radio says, James, it seems like you are suggesting that extraterrestrials have a certain level of omniscience. Would you agree with that? Okay, uh, what do you think he means by that exactly? Well, I would say a certain level of... How would I put it? Kind of like the ability to do almost godly things. Well, I wouldn't say the ETs can do godly things. Maybe certain things seem godly because you don't understand some of the technology that's being used. But the ones that do things that may seem godly is, again, that's going to be the the spiritual domains, the 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 beings that are living within the realm which our soul is resides in so that's going to be our soul that is uh, tethered to our body connected to our three-dimensional body through some kind of super advanced neural pathway pro- uh, process that they do and it's connected at uh, in the embryo stage and 
I know this is getting off on a tangent, but your body is actually created and molded around your soul, and it and it there's like a preset in your soul that uh, is comfortable to you during your lifetimes. So when you're being born, you're not going to be born in a body that's unfamiliar with you. Uh, of course, there's going to be some times where this is not so much the case, and especially here on Earth where there's there's a bit of a conflict of good and evil. So there's always complications in that aspect of it. But yeah, your your soul is, uh, or your body is actually designed around your soul. So when you grow up and you live your three dimensional life, it's very more comfortable to you than it would be if you were just just kind of cast in a random body here and there, and you're just kind of randomly pra- uh, placed about. But um, he he has. Uh, what's the question? One more time. Are they can they do godly things? Yeah, um, the spirits can do things that seem godly they can manifest as whatever they want they can traverse fast distances almost instantaneously because they they use the aether to to get from one place to the other and and that's a very fast domain things happen at a very fast level Uh, compared to three-dimensional it's a lot slower here down here so like say if they wanted to get from me here in virginia to you over there in canada it just the snap of a finger and they're there it's not quite instantaneous as i i've said but it's almost instantaneous on the scale of the size of the earth compared to the the speed of the aether um so yeah it seems certain beings like spiritual light beings a lot of people like to call them can do godlike things out of all the interaction that you have had with extraterrestrial beings have any of them ever asked you or told you what the purpose of this contact is? We have a lot of people out there who are having these experiences, and not a lot of people understand the purpose. And it frightens a lot of people out there, especially those who are having negative contact. And you can't blame them for being fearful. And for those who maybe haven't had an experience, of course, we only, as mankind, usually see the dark side of everything, especially that of the unknown. So, yes, to answer your question, um, yeah, there's always this uncomfortable question that you have to answer when you get into this field because it's not all peaches and sunshine and rainbows. Obviously, there, there's a dark side of the the ET contact scenario where people are taken against their will and uh, oftentimes uh, very traumatizing things are happen happen and and a whole number of things which it, it it leads people to come up with all kinds of theories and and who would blame them uh being in that situation and i think the again quoting one of your friends there the international community for alien research said it could be Anywhere from millions of people that have been abducted to billions of people that like almost a billion people being abducted in some sort of regular regularity. So it's a lot of people being taken. So you have and most people aren't going to come out and talk about it or uh, most uh, actually the most people are not going to remember it whatsoever because the technology is of such to where they they don't even know anything happened. Um. But yeah, you have the negative things that are happening, and it doesn't make sense for a lot of people that you would have these good experiences and bad experiences happening. Yes, cover memories and things like that can explain a lot of it, or at least a part of it, but there's so much and so much vividry 
and things that happen. And, and like with me, I've actually filmed things happening that seem to show uh, bene- benevolence to some extent. Like one, one time where I had um, – I was cornered. I, I drove uh, to this location I like to go and sit and think and just stare at the sky. And I drove to this one spot and I had this this attack happening, like I said earlier, where I got uh, the stabbing feeling in my brain. And then I also had the buzzing in the ear. And I said, all right, all right, if, if, if you want me, come and get me. I'm right here and I can't do anything to stop you. So, so if you think messing with me is going to do anything, just come out and, and take me on. Is I was saying that I wasn't just saying it mentally. I was screaming it out loud. And this white SUV, it was almost always white SUVs that were following me around. Uh, tinted out windows, pulls up. It's about 100 yards away from me, blocking the only way in and out of this this little cove that I've driven into uh, on the outskirts of town. And I, I stood up and looked directly at these guys, started beating on my chest, said, come on, fight me like a man, come and take me. And as soon as I said that, over the back of me and over the top of trees came this bright, almost phosphorus-type light uh, UFO came flying over the top of me and directly towards this SUV. And it's coming right at them. And they put it in reverse, turn around, and gas it out of there as fast as they possibly could. And I jumped in my truck and I was like, bleep, yeah, my- I was like cussing and screaming and like so uh, so happy and joyous that that whatever this was was like scaring off this SUV that had me pinned in this in this area. I actually have a video on uh, my East Texas UFOs uh, channel explaining this experience, but it it's just like one of those yes moments. It's 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 what sets it in for me that like n- makes me know that this is real. This is. A real thing, and there's actually good out there that's backing up uh, uh, humanity, or, or the good part is there. So there is good and bad, but I'll get to that in just a second when we finish this experience. Um, yeah, and I chased them out. I was trying to get a, a license plate and chasing them, and I was like, "Yeah, you better run! You better run!" And this and this UFO was flying over the top of them, and then they turned a hard right took a right and gassed it as fast as I've ever seen a vehicle take off. And I was trying to catch up to them and I was following them. And eventually I lost both of them and the UFO over the treetops. And I kept looking and looking, driving, looking on the back roads, driving. And I wasn't able to like find them or, or chase them long enough to figure out where they were going or get close enough to read the license plate. But yeah, that happened. That was a whew, crazy experience. And every time I, I relive that. It's I get like an adrenaline rush. It was I don't know. Has anyone ever had an experience? Have you had an experience like that, Dave? You know what? I, I've never been <clears throat> followed after one of my experiences. I've never been followed. I've never been questioned, and it really makes me question who they are selecting to try and you know follow or pin into a corner of a street like what's happened to you. But I'm I'm very curious about this because I've seen probably 130, 140 UFOs. I've had a UFO land 150 yards away from me. I've never, ever had my house driven by by an SUV. I've never had 
men in black experiences. I've never had those phone calls of, of people hanging up saying, you know, you're getting too close, stop it, or anything like that. And not that I'm tempting fate or anything in regards to that. But I've never had that. I've never experienced that. So it's hard for me to fathom with all of the experiences that I have had when I hear someone like you, who's just an ordinary guy, much like I am, you know, being followed by potential government officials. I just don't get it, how they are picking and choosing this. Well, uh, another thing to give more context to my situation, because obviously I've thought thought about this uh, a lot and I'm not claiming anything or being anybody. I'm not going to claim that at all. But one thing I, I looked at as a possibility to why I was getting so much heat where I was at is um, there's a uh, something that correlates with a lot of these flaps and a lot of these hot spot areas. So East Texas is known for its oil. In fact, um, uh, just, just down the road from us, uh, back in the early oil boom days, there's a city called Kilgore, Texas, which was the center of the oil industry at one point in time, worldwide. It was one of the largest producers of oil anywhere else in the world at that particular time. And so we're sitting on one of the largest uh, reserves of oil and one of the largest reserves of uh, – or the, the reserve of oil is the largest uh, reserve of oil in the entire United States – and one of the biggest in the world, and there's a, also a nat- large natural gas, one of the largest in in the uh, northern hemisphere, and uh, right under East Texas, so right under the city of Longview where I lived for the longest time. So that, so that's one thing. So if that were were to ever explode, that's a um a nu- like a nuke glowing off, if that were were to combust in some form or fashion. So all these different pockets in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Allison Cruz, she has one of the hottest areas to film UFOs at. Uh, look up Seeing UFOs PA uh, on U- uh, YouTube and you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, and she's sitting on also one of the largest natural gas reserves in in the uh, United States and one of the largest coal mines is right under the city of Murraysville. And in the city where she's been filming these things. So I don't know if these large natural reserves is correlate correlates with like underground bases, but something that I was able to see. uh, And so did uh, a cousin of mine uh, saw was a UFO. It was a blue, blue UFO at go down into a river named uh, the Sabine, uh, Sabine river in East Texas. You can look it up real river. And they shot down into the river. Like, they came down real fast and stopped real slow right before they hit the water and just uh, slowly went down into the river. So I don't know if that was like an entrance into some kind of underground base or they were just going down there for some reason. But I've been seeing some of these crafts go underground. And and so my uh, theory is that there were underground bases in certain locations and I just happened to be sitting right on top of it and so me filming all of this and getting real close to whatever this is maybe I was getting a little too close and in fact uh, I think I did a, a pre write up for for you to un- so you could um, 
hear what I was going to talk about. I said in the pre-read up, I'm like, maybe we were getting a little too close to comfort to uh, whatever was happening in those East Texas skies. Yeah, it was, we were getting close to something and it was a conflict of several interests in there. That's why we were seeing government. This is why we were uh, seeing reptilians graze and, and good reptilians, bad reptilians, good graze, bad graze, uh, numerous amounts of species that we were seeing all in this one area. And the same thing happened in Colorado with uh, C.J. Friesman. Now, uh, if you don't know, the area in Colorado that he was going to, if you've seen the movie uh, uh, Contact, uh, not Contact, what is it? The one by Spielberg, one of the first ones. Uh, Close Encounters uh, of the Third Kind? Yes, the the one that I can never remember, but quote the most. Uh, there's a, a geographic, uh, there's coordinates given in that movie. And supposedly that's supposed to be uh, Devil Devil's Tower. And that's not the actual coordinates that are given in that movie. If you actually go look at the coordinates, and I think you can look this up on Google, uh, it's somewhere in Colorado. And CJ actually went out there and was trying some of the, the uh, Stephen Greer methods of contact. And he actually got uh, contact in that area. And he got uh, these UFOs to fly over. And they did a similar thing to where they were, you know, the shapes and the colors. Uh, in that movie, doing the same exact thing, and the last the last one that flew over was the same color as the last one that flew over in that movie. So that was a really interesting thing for him. And later, what he found out, according to him and his group, is that there was a base under that area. And so it's like hidden in plain sight kind of thing, where they they put these things in movies and and whatnot. So supposedly. That's an un- there's an under or was an underground base. I don't know what the status of it is now, uh, where there was a gray base under that area. And so again, being over top of these bases is likely a reason why some people might get more activity than others, regardless of them having all so- sorts of contacts anyway. So as far as you know, Men in Black and like ho- hold up, the government wants to know why. Why so many people are over there, or maybe they already know about these bases, and they're like, "Why are these people snooping around these these areas so much and filming UFOs over these bases and and whatnot?" Again, I can't I can't prove to you that that's there, but I have seen with my own eyes UFOs going down into the river, which I assume was some kind of entrance. And uh, parts of that river are so deep that you could go like uh, 40, 50 feet down, and you still can't find the bottom, so you have to get, come back up for air anyway. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to go diving down in there with, uh, alligator guards and, uh, alligators themselves. And, and they've actually, we've actually caught bull sharks out of, out of that river. Like they can come far enough upstream that you can catch bull sharks. So, uh, and plus I'm not a very good swimmer, but if, if I had the money to pay a diver, I would see if I could get someone to go down there and check it out. So yeah, that's a long answer to that question. Do you feel then that when the contact does happen and that you are being watched and followed, do you know when it's happening or does it kind of surprise you when you are getting those SUVs with tinted out windows or a knock on the door from officials saying, you know, you you might just have to slow things down a little bit? I've never had a, a straight up knock on the door, but... 
I had an un, unusually high amount of harassment from police, and they would never explain to me why they were harassing me and like telling me, "Hey, you can't film here," and "Hey, this that." No matter where I went, I could go to an undisclosed location, and and sometimes they would still show up. It would still harass me, and I sometimes I would let them know before, and they would still show up. And um, but like as far as men in black knocking on my door and saying, hey, you better stop filming. That never happened directly. But I did get followed a lot by these um, these white SUVs with dark tinted windows and a lot of harassment by local law enforcement. And I never disclosed to them my actual name. And actual James West is uh, just a play on my actual name just for anonymity's sake. Eric Markham wants to know if you no uh, species or a name for the good reptilians because people tend to lump them all in one area. Okay, so um, just like every, just like uh, humans, you have good and bad within groups themselves. You can have infiltration of good and bad. Evil. <clears throat> just situating my seat. And uh, as far as like whole, just species-wise, just being all bad, I just... It's not usually the case. It's not usually like one civilization against the other for the most part. It, it I've been told that it does happen out there, and and you can, you can uh, if you, so think of it as a like an RTS game. Think of it like you're playing StarCraft or something like that. I, I don't know if any of you are familiar with video games. So you're 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 controlling all these different groups. You're you have an overhead view. So if you're in the spiritual domain, like I said, you can travel and, and interact with the three-dimensional domains easily. So if you're a negative uh, multi-dimensional and you want to cause issues here to prevent uh, a positive reaction and, and bring more people to your side. So like I said, you want to um, bring more it, – it's so cliche to say this, but it's the best way to describe it. If you want to bring them to the dark side and bring them away from the light, you can cause situations like, like I said, they can manifest as whatever they want. This is a lot of the experiences where people have uh, of angels and demons manifesting and different uh, shadow beings. A lot of it is going to be, uh, or probably all of it is going to be something from the etheric realm that you're interacting with in some way or some extent. But um, there, there's um, beings within the spiritual realms that. Um, have good intent and bad intent and that has to do with the the balance of good and evil in the souls and and the 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 internal conflicts that are going on there but they can manipulate certain groups like i said and they can cause problems they can infiltrate they can um uh, make things go bad try to make a group like get into a conflict with each other so in that situation maybe you'd have a whole species versus another because they're manipulating it like um <clears throat> the United States with Russia in the new cold war and um things like this you can manipulate certain groups against each other but as far as uh, one group just all being bad no no so uh, of being like the good reptilians or bad reptilians it's hard it's murky because because of that extra dimension, it's not just so much black and white of, yeah, we have all three-dimensional realms. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation to think about that. If there's a, it's three-dimensional chess is another, um, I think, Star Trek reference. It's like three-dimensional chess. There's several layers to the chessboard. You have the base layer, and, and that's not the only chessboard. There's the next layer and the next layer. So everybody's kind of in a, in a big game of chess there. And 
so the the group that I interacted with were uh, said they were part of the Anunnaki, and the Anunnaki is just um, I think the the term means the ones from above or something like that, and and um, that whole story uh, back with uh, Stitchens and and things like that. I mean that's going to be murky and. And it's been translated several times and come out to different things. But roughly what that's talking about is, again, when they were raising up a civilization, you had the Anunnaki raising up uh, uh, several groups, uh, several species on Earth. And there was internal conflict within the, the Anunnaki. So you had like royals versus this versus that. And this was because everybody was getting played by good and evil spirits and they were trying to again, raise up civilizations just like we're being raised up now. And, um, yeah, so this is where you get the um, the good and bad. And, and that story um, was likely a bit of, uh, of that, what, what that actually went down there. So I was interacting with a, a group that uh, referred to themselves as the Anunnaki. And uh, apparently they were good because, I mean, they were doing uh, good things. And a lot of this got explained in, in that way. And it makes sense if you think of it uh, from a spirit. Because you can't look at this and put a whole lot of sense to it without looking at that extra uh, dimension to this, uh, the spiritual aspect of it. And that's one of the, that's the biggest reason why I'm not an atheist. You can only explain so much to some extent without stepping into the, into the, um, the uh, aether, per se. So even with uh, mainstream science, you have uh, dark matter and and antimatter and black holes and different things that they pl- put in place because they can't explain the absence of, of certain things. So that's almost the same as saying that there's an aether, that oh the, this, there's black ma- uh, there's dark matter. We we can't see it, but it, it makes up most of the universe. But that's essentially saying because there, there has to be black matter for the uh, theory of relativity work, uh, theory of relativity to work. Otherwise, you can't have like time and space to work all together. So, in the electric universe theory, you have um, the aether in place of that, and that's where you have souls. The souls reside in that aether. That that per- large percentage of the universe that uh, mainstream science doesn't can't see or can't really interact with that's because that's just their placeholder of something they don't understand or or they were deliberately kept from understanding yet but we're gonna find out about all that real soon and it's something they'll be looking forward to so yeah uh getting off on another random tangent well it's not random it's directed uh yes good bad yes for sure uh the group I interacted with with was the Anunnaki. This particular group was good. Um, and you can really get to know them on a personal level, and you can just tell by their personality and the way they interact with you. One of the biggest things that was awesome is when they suggested music to me, or they just straight up played a song in my head, which was one of the coolest things that I'll never forget. And it still happens to this day occasionally where they'll suggest a song to listen to for the situation and it just matches perfectly. I mean, they have the best taste in music <laughs> to say. I don't know if, if anyone has had that experience where they had a, a song suggested to them. 
But yeah, they have really good taste in music. So yeah, you have some more questions well, there. Well, they they do like Guns N' Roses, so. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah, they they have to because you just don't go a day without enjoying some good GNR. I was told I was told that some uh, Greys themselves play play the guitar, which was like, it's just imagine a gray alien trying uh, to play. I, guitar. I see them more on a banjo, more on a banjo. Right. Right, um, but apparently they play, uh, or I guess all of them play instruments and mm. make music, and and they're really a lively bunch. That hopefully after disclosure we can all get to know them, and uh, supposedly that that has to happen here soon because otherwise we'll be off track onto the the age of Aquarius and and uh, trying to get there before two thousand and eighty three, uh, be, being star faring species let's get to hashtag spaced out radio god of thunder has a question for you he is asking james are you saying that extraterrestrials are interdimensional as opposed to coming from other planets well all of us are interdimensional we just can't perceive it all at the same time but um yeah the spirits the soul your soul is interdimensional uh the older it gets the more dimensions it can access this has to do with uh, frequencies, and it's it's almost like a uh, a tier system. Like the older you get, the wiser you get, the um, the higher you can you can obtain as far as the dimensions. There's different dimensions that are set aside for more experienced souls and more experienced individuals. And even if you're still in this three dimensional realm, that doesn't mean you can't access that. Because, like I said, there's a lot of old souls here that are here for the specific reason of raising up the society and kind of counterbalancing the the evil that happens in these situations because there's there's a big chance that they can ruin a lot of lives and and scar your soul um with apocalyptic scenarios so every other day we hear about a possible world war three scenario or this or that or an asteroid coming and or nubaru coming and or this and that well these things are actually attempting to be used upon us but it's a constant back and forth battle to prevent these apocalyptic scenarios from happening uh it's a a literally a battle of good versus evil uh in the spiritual domains and yes there's um some ets only reside within these spiritual domains some like to be within the the 3d sometimes and and to have a more uh uh sand sandboxy experience uh, experience but, um, yeah, uh, and I've uh, interacted uh, with uh, these spiritual beings, which we all are in some way because we all reside in an etheric realm uh, to some degree. Follow-up from God of Thunder at hashtag Spaceo Radio. James, do you accept the possibility that these beings may be deceptive? They could be lying to you. Of course I do. Um, in fact, I, I wholeheartedly believe that some of them would be deceptive towards people. And that's something we all have to accept to some degree that maybe they could be lying to us. Maybe this, maybe that. And I guess we'll have to wait and find out and see. But what they've told me makes a lot of sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to some of you. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Um, but it's it's when you get to know them and their personality and you get to talk to them and 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 it it's hard to like fight that urge to like oh, are you lying to me uh 
it doesn't seem that they are, but I, I can't say for sure that that possibility isn't there. I have to be honest and say yes, but that goes for anybody else that's having ET uh, contact of some sort. You could be being manipulated in some form or fashion. So it's always good. Okay, here's here's something that really helped prove to me that I wasn't being manipulated. Uh, and, and this is something that CJ noted as well. Um. They do not care if you ask questions whatsoever, the good ones. They do not care if you ask questions. So if you, uh, they tell you something, you're like, well, well, wait, like that doesn't make sense or, or that can't be true or, or no, prove it to me or this or that. Like if you ask questions and you fight back, they're not going to care if you do that, if they're good. Any question is an okay question to them. They'll maybe they might they, you might ask a question that they don't want to tell you yet, and they'll tell you that they'll say no, like you don't need to know that right now. But they do not mind you asking questions. I've heard people uh, say they ask questions and and they give them all kinds of negative re- replies, and that I I'd say that they're probably being manipulated to some extent, or you're dealing with something that's not so uh, m- uh, benevolent to say. But yes, that possibility is a real possibility. So question everything. That's the best advice I could give to you there. I got to just say this. I just had something weird happen here. Okay. While you were talking, all of a sudden, my headphone jack got unplugged. And my <laughs> Sounds head- like a... My headphone jack is literally six inches away from my arm. And it, it didn't come out the whole way, but it came out enough where, and I didn't touch the cord, where all of a sudden my computer volume, my, my speakers were playing instead of through my headphones. And I had to plug it back in in order to get headphones or sound through my headphones. This is kind of odd. And you weren't jerking around or anything, no, were you? No, I was sitting here listening to you with my hand resting, my head resting on my hand, which my elbow is on the desk. There's the, that, that sounds so much like a, a thing a gray alien would do. Um, there, there's this one, one time um, where, um, I think, uh, what is it, CJ told me this one. Yeah, um, where he, he was smoking a cigarette, and um, he, he went to get another cigarette. And it fell out of his hand. And as it was falling down, it landed and landed right in his pocket. Like it, it literally like went off course and flew down and went right into his pocket perfectly. And, and he said that um, they started laughing to him in his head, telepo- like telepathy-wise. And it was the grays that had uh, stuck that in his pocket. So I thought that was a funny thing. Like, like grays like to mess with people on that kind of level. They're real pranksters. Um, if you actually get to know them, yes, I and know. Di- didn't you say you see you seen a uh, a gray in your window before? I have seen a gray in my window. He wasn't one of those tiny grays. He was like one of the big bulbous heads, man, with the big giant black eyes. I will never forget the eyes. Never forget the eyes. It was trippy. So unless it was just a strange coincidence you just had, I would put my money that. Uh, it could have been something in the spiritual domain. That's no. a possibility. Oh, he was totally physical. Totally. Oh, I'm, physical. I'm, I'm talking about like your little head head oh, headphone yeah. jack thing. Oh yeah, that 
that for sure. That I'm still a little tripped out about that right now. So I'm, yeah, uh, I'm still so, yeah, a little they, tripped out. Let me get to a, another question here. This one comes from hashtag Spaced Out Radio, and this comes from Les, who goes by at Tesla's Revenge. And this is the first time I've seen Les participating at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. So, Les, thank you so much for doing that. He is asking you, James, are we all one? As in, is everything in the universe made up of a whole entity somehow? Um, I, I don't know. But I can say this about that, um, bringing it back to, again, the science that we can all look up, we can all research now, is the electric universe theory. So this, this theory actually provides a different alternative to what stars are, other than, you know, the typical, um, they're all just big balls of gas that are eventually going to uh, eventually expand and die off and uh, the, the planet will be a dead planet and this and that. So the electric universe theory provides an alternative theory to that, that stars are actually giant dilodes in the universe that are interconnected in a big super highway of stars that are connected through uh, giant uh, uh, electro- uh, electric currents that are all connected to these stars. So this large power source that are connecting to these stars produces this large amount of light and you can actually see the electronic properties from a from a star and uh, stars actually have north and south poles just like every planet has a north and south pole and every uh, planet is connected to these stars just like um, the stars are connected to each other and this is how you have the uh, aurora borealis uh, you can see it on jupiter we've seen it on uh, I think what was it, uh, Pluto or Mercury or one of the one of one of those. Uh, you can see the uh, auroras, and the auroras is where they're connected. It's something called. It, it was uh, discovered by Christian Birkeland back in eighteen eighteen sixty seven, and that Ber- uh, it's it's something called a Birkeland current, and this is connects it connects every every body in the universe together, even down to the. Even down to the individual person and individual cells. Everything has a uh, north-south pole. Everything has a a magnetic field. This is what we can say our auras are. Or like people that say, oh, I can see your aura. Or or, I have an aura. Or that that whole aspect of the the reality. It's because you you literally have a, a, a magnetic field around your body from all the atoms that are connected. And they have their own individual fields. So all these fields are connected, and, and if you've ever chopped a magnet in half, every time you chop up a magnet, it has a, another north and uh, south pole. So when you put two magnets together, that north and south pole becomes one. So it's not like there's two individual magnets, and you can actually look this up. This is all real stuff you can research. But everything has its own magnetic field. So if you do this on a large scale... So you have these large bodies of, uh, of a mass in the universe, so like a, a star, and it's on this huge interconnected highway. All these magnetic fields are connected in these huge electromagnetic Birkeland uh, currents. And uh, science is now saying, oh, we, we see these large bodies of electricity and energy in the, in the universe, and we can see them on our certain satellites. And we don't know what they're there for. We don't know why they're there. But in reality, this is likely these uh, huge elect- electric currents connecting between the stars and 
And and if you've ever stared at the stars and you're like, I can see them connecting. It's it's almost natural that they connect together because they're this huge super highway. And again, this goes down to the individual person. So the same electricity that connects to the stars, according to electronic uni- universe theory, and that's connected to each individual galaxy, all this energy gets passed down to each individual body. So the energy that's coming from the star is connected to the planets. The planet being Earth is uh, that same energy that's connected to Earth coming in through our north and south poles is then transferred to us. So every person is uh, connected to the planet through these uh, electronic fields. And that goes down to every single soul in our body. So yes, even on a scientific level, according to the electronic uh, universe theory, we are all connected. We are all one at some point at some point or another we're all connected and i think that's a very beautiful thing to to think about and you don't have to be spiritual to even consider that which i it's just amazing it's it's uh, a beautiful thing in my eyes gloria in the sor space travelers club is asking have you ever been able to find out any information in all your contact about nibiru about nibiru um uh, what I've been told about Nubaru uh, is mostly come from CJ on this on this end. I wasn't directly told about Nubaru, but uh, essentially what CJ explained to me was, and for those that don't know who CJ is, it's a fr- former person that's been on Dave's show and uh, a good friend of mine that I connected with during these experiences that I was having, and we were both communicating with reptilians that called themselves the Anunnaki, and we were both. Um, you know, having like side by side experiences. And we, like, I would communicate with one group and he would commute. Like, like, I could talk to him on the phone and he's like, oh, they, they, they said they're coming your way. And then all of a sudden, I'd have a UFO show up right over my head. And I was like, wow, yeah, they're here. I said, who are they? And they said, oh, they're the Greys. And then they would blink their lights at me and do all these kinds of things. And, and all these stuff, all this stuff to kind of like prove to me that we were talking to the same group which was a, a very awesome experience to say the least. But yeah, we were having the experiences side by side and, and there's some experiences where we would both be attacked at the same time. We'd be talking to each other like on Facebook or something like that. And there's like, Oh man, I just, I just had this strange sensation that you just got attacked. And, and at that same time, like right before he would say that, I would get attacked with like some kind of uh, radio frequency device, one of which that can give you a a flipping uh, fake heart attack. It feels like you're really having a heart attack, but what it does is it, it um, rushes blood around the heart, so it, it simulates the effects of what a heart. Like I'm I'm a pretty healthy guy. I'm young, and you wouldn't expect me to have a heart attack. And in, in fact, I went to the doctor after this, and they said, "No, you didn't suffer anything, even." remotely related to a heart attack i have no idea what it could have been maybe you were just stressed is what they said but it simulated the events of a heart attack and uh i'm assuming it's some kind of scalar device that did this so he's like are you okay man they're saying that you're being messed with right now and i was like dude i just had a heart attack like i think i had a heart attack and then right after that he was like man i'm getting it here too man they're they're messing with me now and so like our, our things were intertwined. We would be messed with it at the same time. And then it would quickly um, stop after uh, 
the ones that were watching over us, the Anunnaki, uh, came in and stopped that from happening. And and after 2014, it, they had had it subsided down to the point to where nobody was messing with us anymore. So I guess that conflict uh, that was happening uh, that I couldn't see from their level had uh, been subsided to a point to where they couldn't mess with me anymore. And uh, yeah, so uh, just say your question one more time so I can like round it back up. In regards to Nibiru, have you ever been N- given in- information yes. on it? Yes, Nibiru. Uh, CJ had got. I was just explaining how like uh, me and him were connected. And how come I like trust some of the things he says? Um, so he said that um, uh, they had talked about Nubiru and how Nubiru was actually used uh, kind of as um, – don't – I'm sorry if this goes counter to what you said, but this is just what I've been told. It was actually disinformation that was given uh, back in the 70s and 80s to some of the alphabet groups to kind of throw them off of uh, – what what was actually going down there because keeping them disinformed was a way to control them and better man, maintain some of these groups. Um, so they were actually being told about this and they actually believed it hardcore. So some of the information you get out there about it, yeah, they believed it for sure. And some still really believe it. Um, and evidence of this is there's a video that was released on um, YouTube where they had mapped every single asteroid in the uh in our solar system that nasa and these other observatory uh, places had uh mapped objects in our solar system which is like asteroids and small bodies uh in our uh again our solar system and there is during the 70s and 80s you can see a specific area they kept looking at and you could see it as the earth was moving and it was it was almost like a radar that like the video was made to kind of show all the things they kept focusing in on this one specific area way more than anywhere else that they did in any years before or years after. So, um, what I think was going on there is they were actually looking for Nubiru in this specific part of the galaxy. Um, so yeah, so I personally believe it was just a disinformation, and that's according to the information that CJ received and he passed along to me. And uh, something else that you can think about when you're thinking about Nubiru, uh, a large body moving into our galaxy is obviously going to be noticeable, very noticeable. If it's close enough to be seen from the Earth, its uh, gravitational pull is going to be enough to affect our gravitational pull and the other bodies uh, around us. So... um, it's going to be pulling us, pulling us out of orbit if we have another planet coming in. So maybe there's still something like that yet to come, but if it's coming, you're going to know because it's going to be messing with our gravitational orbit and throwing things out of whack. We have about six minutes left. I have two questions to get to uh, by the end of the night. And... This one comes from Bill Cardwell. He is asking, with all these connections you have to UFOs and extraterrestrials, is there any chance you are a being from elsewhere in our universe that has been sent here to learn and have forgotten your past? I mean, obviously, if that was the case, I couldn't prove it. <laughs> and um, no, not to my extent. I'm, I'm just a, another soul that was placed here in a human body to experience this thing, just like you and me. And... Uh, I was one of those people that, uh, of the millions, 
that are here to bring up this civilization. Obviously, there's some people that are here just to refine their soul and to uh, have this uh, quote-unquote prison planet experience where you're put in a in a position where you see conflict of good and evil and hopefully the triumph of good over evil helps promote your soul to to um to go along the good path to bring you to the light um so yes um in a sense lots of us are other beings that were placed here to to experience this and to help it along but not like i wasn't like some kind of hybrid or or uh, 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 an ET in disguise as a human, or at least to my knowledge, I, I haven't found out any superhuman powers yet. So I'm still waiting on that one. But an experience like on that topic, I, I want to tell this this story. If this is the last one I can talk about, this is this is the me- most epic thing that ever had happened to me, besides the being saved or or chasing off the MIB. Um. So uh, it's just during me and CJ were talking about a lot of stuff and we were talking about different ETs and, and, and groups we've interacted with. Um, that night I went to bed and and I, ha- I knew something was going to happen that night. I, I knew beforehand. Like you said, like, do you know? I knew something was happening that night. So I just woke up. I woke up during the middle of the night. And it was like, I instantly knew, wait, something is not right here. This is, whoa. So instantly I woke up and I had the most clear mind I have ever had. I, it was so fast. I could see things and I could experience things and I could think through anything I ever wanted to think through and experience anything I wanted to. And I could literally, okay, I could bring up all my past experiences up on a huge screen in my mind and I could like flip through it uh, like a big three-dimensional interactive uh, display and it I could go through these so fast and comprehend them so fast that it was the speed at which I was going through these these past memories I don't know if they were from other lifetimes or just this lifetime because uh, most of this there was so much that happened during this I can't remember most of it and I think my brain would melt if I could but it was going so fast that if I had to com- compare it to a speed of something it would be the speed of a machine gun going off as fast as I was flipping through all of these things in my mind and um and then I realized that I was not human at that point in this experience, I was actually, I was actually one of these um, these greens. The greenies is what CJ calls them. I was experiencing the consciousness of one of these types of beings, and what what they're like. They're like the intergalactic Jedi. Uh, uh, they're a hybrid of greys and reptilians. They have some of the fastest minds in the universe, and. Their sole purpose is to bring peace to the galaxy. I know it sounds so cliche, but this is what my experience consisted of. And during this short time, I know it was a very short time. It was probably only a minute or two that I got to experience this. It was like so many lifetimes I could experience in that in that consciousness of having the mind capacity, mental capacity of that being. And I, I'm sure this was done in some kind of... Uh, a spiritual way, but still to this day, I can remember 
seeing it and I can remember experiencing it, but I can't remember all the memories because it went so much went through that uh, it would take me lifetimes to comprehend it from this three dimensional reality. It it was the single most awesome experience. Uh, I I even remember um, going through simulations where I could uh, be in a almost like a real like I was in the body of one of these beings in this uh, three-dimensional simulation and I could uh, pr- go through combat simulations. So apparently they, they do combat of some sort and uh, I could use these orbs and manipulate these orbs and, and make them fly around with my mind. And they, these, these guys, these suckers are so smart that every bit and particle, like from an explosion or something, or say uh, something's flying at you or something, they can calculate in their mind exactly where it's going to be way before it even, like as soon as it leaves the hand, they can tell you exactly where it's going to land. And and so like say a bullet's coming at them or something or an arrow, they could just snatch it out of the air or, or s- stop it just because their mind's so fast they can comprehend everything that's going down. And so like they could, with their eyes closed, could just throw a spear and like hit a penny probably across across the uh, a football field with their eyes closed like they can comprehend uh physics and logistics everything that advanced and i had that just for a few minutes and i had all this experience within that few minutes and um i w- i i would give anything to live live that again that My i would friend, pay me i gotta wrap this up here Thank you so much for being on the show, James West. I appreciate you taking the time to share your experiences with us. We'll do it again soon. All right, man. You you hold on. I have to wrap this thing up. If you're listening on the Space Out Radio side, you are hearing Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy. Yes, Bumblefoot is the official sound of Spaced Out Radio. He rocks us in and out of every single episode right here, right now. If you want to catch this show and others, go to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn or download this show and others on iTunes. We want to welcome in tomorrow night. We start on Renegade Talk Radio in Las Vegas, joining the UPRN, the Double R Machine, High Plains, and everyone here, we are growing bigger and better. Tomorrow night on the show, David Chase will join us. Alien abductions, UFOs, and so on and so forth. It's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Spaceoutradio.com is the place to be. I will be back in exactly 21 hours from now. I hope you will, too. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on Spreaker, Revolution Radio's chat room, the SOR Space Travelers, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Appreciate you taking the time. Love doing this with you on a nightly basis. Let's have some fun tomorrow night. It's 2017. Already. Wow. Two days in. And in one minute, we'll be on day three. It's going to be a good one. You have a good night. I'll talk to you very soon. See you later.